Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk. Talk. Recorded live. Be shark smart. You have to know what's after you in order to know how to deal with them. And so many times in life we deal with all different kinds of sharks whose mission is to distract us from fishing. The first kind of shark that is sent to distract us from fishing is the bull shark. How many have ever met a bull shark before? These are the people that are just full of it. These are the people that talk a big, giant game, but they don't live it out. Bull sharks are full of bull people. Jesus talked about them when he said in Luke 6, 46, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do the things that I said? Now, what is Jesus saying here? He said there's a whole slew of people out there that talk a big game, that, that, that talk about God and talk about what they want to do for God and talk about how much they love God and all this kind of stuff, but they never get around to doing the things that God said. And you've got to watch out for bull sharks because if you get around people who are full of bull too much, they will distract you from your mission of fishing. Now, when I read this, I thought, man, i got a little bull shark in me. Because everybody's got some bull shark in them, right? I mean, think about it. All of us are out there sometimes just not doing what God has asked us to do. And that can distract us from being about our Father's business. Second thing, second kind of shark that you need to know about is the lemon shark. The lemon shark, these are the people who are always sour. They're always negative. They're always pessimistic. They are the Eeyore people in life. Why is everybody always picking on me? They always tell you that it can't be done. They always want to show you the downside of it. They always cause you to second-guess the goodness of God and the promises of God. They're ten spy people. Remember the ten spies from the Bible? God said that he was going to give them the promised land. All the people in the land wouldn't be able to stand against them, but the ten spies come back. They got an evil report. They said, we can't go and take, that, take on this land. We saw giants in the land. The people in this land are bigger and stronger than we are. We were like grasshoppers in their eyes. And if you hang around lemon sharks long enough, you lose your enthusiasm for fishing. You lose your enthusiasm for the things of God. And then, of course, you got the nurse sharks. These are the people that will drain you. They will suck the life out of you. There is always drama surrounding them. Nothing is ever a short conversation with them. They take, 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 take from your relationship and never replenish the relationship in any way. These are the people when you see them coming, you run the other way. Or, or you grab your friend and say, shh, make believe you're talking to me, make believe you're talking to me, make believe you're talking to me. But those people don't care anyway. They'll stand right there and they'll wait. Nurse sharks sucking the life out of you. They'll consume your time and your energy. You've got to be aware of them because when you're spending all your time and energy on them sucking the life out of you, you won't be fishing. And then you've got, of course, the hammerheads. Some of you may be sitting next to a hammerhead right now. 
a hammerhead is a person who is so stubborn. I mean, they just refuse to be wrong. They refuse to change. I saw one woman just now. She went like, that's you, honey. That's you. That's you. The hammerheads, I mean, it's not a virtuous characteristic to be stubborn. Some people talk about stubbornness as though it's glamorous. It's, I'm just so stubborn. I'm just so stubborn. You know, the people, they talk about cheap the same way. I'm just cheap. That's just the way I am. I'm cheap. I'm cheap. I'm just the way I'm just cheap. I'm stubborn and cheap. What do you want me to do? That's just the way God created. God didn't create you stubborn, and he certainly did not create you cheap. Hello? The Bible talks about being a hammerhead. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 32. It says, don't be like the horse or the mule. What is a horse or a mule like? Stubborn. It says, which have no understanding but must be controlled by a bit and a bridle or they will not come to you. If you get hung up with the hammerheads, their stubbornness will frustrate you. It will cause you to be angry. It will cause you to be bitter. And you will lose your focus from your primary mission, which is to be a fisher of men. Now, I could go on and on about all the kinds of sharks that we have to deal with, a.k.a. the difficult people in our lives. But I want to talk to you today about how do you handle the sharks? How do you handle the difficult people so it doesn't steal your focus away from your primary objective, which is to be fishers of men? And there's a story in the Bible found in 1 Samuel chapter number 25 about King David and his encounter with a shark. It's the story of David, Nabal, and Nabal's wife, Abigail. David's life as king is being circled by sharks. So many times in life we think that if somebody is a person of influence, a.k.a. maybe an actor, a sports figure, a politician, the president, whatever, that their lives are so easy, you know, because they're favored and have all these privileges. What do they have to worry about? They're not normal people like us. Well, I just want to let you know something, that the greater your influence is, the more sharks circle your life. And so David is king, and as king, he's having sharks circling his lives. And one of the sharks is a guy by the name of Nabal. And the Bible says that Nabal is one of the most dangerous kinds of sharks that there is because he's always looking for a fight. Nabal is rude. Nabal is brutish. Nabal is unappreciative. He's harsh. He's hot-tempered. He thinks the world revolves around him. He's swimming through the waters of life like, I dare you. Go ahead and make my day. He's a great white. You ever watch a great white? swim through the waters. I mean, it's almost as if they're swimming with their chest out, even though they can't do that, you know? They're swimming like they own the ocean, and that was Nabal. Listen to how he's described in some verses of Scripture. Verse 3 says, The man's name was Nabal, which means fool. He was a Calebite, and his wife's name was Abigail. The woman was intelligent and good-looking. But the man, and this was her husband, was brutish and mean. And so my question was, how intelligent could she really be? <laughs> now, nevertheless, she was intelligent, and she gave some great advice. And then his servant said, nobody can talk to him because he's impossible. He's a real brute. And so as we enter the story, we find Nabal as this great white who's impossible, who's brutish, who's always looking for a fight. And he is, he is surrounding, circling David's life. David's men are out uh, patrolling the borders of their nation. And as they're patrolling the borders, they come across Nabal and his men and their sheep. And they decide to show them kindness. They help them with their sheep. They help them with their work. And instead of returning the kindness... Nabal is arrogant, he's rude, and he's harsh toward David and his men. 
And so David is king, and he's like, uh-uh, not going to deal with me like that. And the Bible says that David went and he girded up his sword. He was going shark hunting, and he was getting ready to take off the dorsal fin on Nabal. Abigail hears about this. She's an expert in dealing with sharks. She's a beautiful woman who's very intelligent, full of wisdom. And so she goes to David, and she's going to give him some shark-smart advice on how to handle the difficult people in life. And here's what she says, beginning in verse number 23. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, Pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention, my Lord, to that wicked man, Nabal. Shark smart. Lesson number one from Abigail to David, don't dwell on Nabal. Don't waste your time and your emotional energy dwelling on the difficult people in life. Don't waste your time. You have better things to do. Don't consume your mind. Don't play their conversations over and over again. Don't mix it up with them. They're meant to distract you from, pit, from, from fishing. Don't dwell on Nabal. Listen to what Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10. He sends them out fishing, and I'm going to jump down to the end of what he says. He says, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to you, leave the home or the town and shake the dust off your feet. What's he saying? Don't dwell on Nabal. Don't mix it up with the, with the foolish people. Don't mix it up with the difficult people. Don't waste your time. And your, don't try to get into arguments with difficult people. Don't try to convince difficult people. Sometimes, in order to stay on course, you just got to wipe the dust off your feet and move on. Too many of us are just mixing it up in the dirt with the difficult people. Second bit of advice she gives is she says this, verse number 25, please Pay no attention, my Lord, to that wicked man, Nabal. He's just like his name. His name means fool, and folly goes with him. What she's saying, shark smart advice number two, Nabal is Nabal. Recognize sharks for what they are. He's a fool. Nabal has always been a fool, and there's nothing that you can do to change that. He's not interested in changes. He's been like that ever since I've known him. Don't get dragged into his foolishness. You know, there are certain people, doesn't matter what you do, you're not changing them. You know, we think we can, you know, reason with certain people and get them to change. Fools are fools. You can't change a fool. You can't change a fool that don't want to change. Some of you are like, Pastor, why do you calling people fools like that? You know, Jesus called people fools. Hello? You remember what he said to the rich man who kept storing up all of his goods? And he said, I'll eat, drink, and be married for tomorrow we die. You know what Jesus said? He said, you say it with me, fool. You were supposed to say it with me. Ready? You fool. That's what Jesus said. Fools are fools. They don't go to change unless they want to change. You cannot change them. Nabal is Nabal. Listen to what Jesus said about dealing with people like that. He said in Matthew 7, verse 6, do not give what is holy to the dogs nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. The Apostle Paul even put it more bluntly. 1 Corinthians 14, 38, he said, If anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant still. Hello? 
If anyone is ignorant, let them be ignorant still. I used to think, you know what, I can change them. I can logic, reason with them. I used to, you know, be like the theological meter, you know, and if somebody said something theologically wrong, I was going to pounce and, you know, just, just show them why they were theologically wrong. And then I realized that, you know what, unless they want to know why they're theologically wrong, I might as well just keep quiet. I'm wasting my breath. I'm wasting my time. And so now I could be in the company of people who are throwing theological errors around like it's crazy. And guess what I do? Nothing. What do I know? I don't know the Bible. I'm just sitting there just listening and saying, oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let the ignorant be ignorant still. Why? I don't want to get caught up in all that nonsense. I don't have time for all that nonsense. I need to be about my father's business. We need to realize Nabal is Nabal. Third bit of advice she gives him is she says this. She says, verse number 28, please forgive your servant's presumption. Shark smart lesson number three, forgive Nabal because revenge is never shark smart. Revenge is never shark smart, but it's tempting, isn't it? I mean, you're, you're merging onto the highway and somebody won't let you in. That revenge meter starts going. You're driving around the parking lot at the mall and you find a parking space and you put your blinker on to claim the parking space, you know, and somebody just, just drives in right in front of you, and that revenge meter starts going, woo, 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 like that. Somebody stabs you in the back. Somebody starts a nasty rumor about you. Somebody says something bad about your mama. That revenge meter starts going up. I mean, it starts getting crazy. And Abigail is saying to David, when you feel like paying back, you need to learn to pull back. It takes great strength to pull back when you want to pay back. Jesus gives some great advice, some similar advice, in the greatest sermon that's ever been preached, the Sermon on the Mount, to a culture that believes in an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. This is a culture that believes you slap me, I slap you back. You take something from me, I take something from you back. You hurt my family, I hurt your family. Eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And listen to what Jesus says to that culture. He says, I tell you, not to even try to get even with a person who's done something to you. When someone slaps you on your right cheek, turn and let that person slap you on the left cheek. Has anybody ever practiced that literally? Has anybody ever? That's awesome, man. You are better than me. This is not an experiment that you want to try on me to see if my Christianity is where it needs to be. I, I don't know if I could actually give you the other cheek. It's not easy to turn the other cheek. It's not easy to pull back when you're tempted to pay back. And Jesus is speaking to this culture, and he's watching all the eyebrows go up, and he's watching all the dirty looks, and they're like, no, 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 no. That's not how we do it around here, fisher boy. We don't be doing it like that. The way we do it around here is eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And Jesus, he was one of those preachers. He wasn't afraid of nasty looks. As a preacher, you've got to get immune from nasty looks. You've got to realize that it, it really doesn't matter if, if they like it or don't like it. What matters is getting the word of God across. And so Jesus, he saw these eyebrows going up, and he said, I need to stay right here. I, I hit a nerve. And so he continues, and he says, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand them your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them too. They lived in a society where Roman soldiers could make the Jewish people do whatever they wanted to. That was a menial task. They could say to them, I want you to sign my sketcher, shine my sketcher sandals. Say that three times real quick. Shine sketcher sandals. And they'd have to get down there and shine them up. I want you to do my laundry. They'd have to get down there and do the laundry. 
And the thing that the Jewish people hated the most is if they were out in the field, a Roman soldier could come along, tap them on the shoulder, take their duffel bag, stuff it into their gut and say, carry my duffel bag. And there was a law that said you had to carry the duffel bag one mile. So serious followers of the law would actually put a peg one mile from their property so that they can carry it one mile and no further. To that culture, Jesus says, somebody asks you to carry them too. What is Jesus saying? He's saying revenge is never shark smart, which begs the question, if it's so tempting and it's not smart, how do I avoid paying back instead of pulling back? How do I avoid exacting revenge and why should I not exact revenge? Well, here's the how. The how is, number one, you need to prepare for the snare. That's exactly what revenge is. It's a trap. If you exact revenge, you will wind up in the mouth of Jaws. Your life will get ruined by the revenge that you think is going to make you feel even better. And so how do you do it? Jesus goes on and he says, you ought to pray for those who persecute you. Pray, 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 pray. Prayer prepares you for the snare. Prayer prepares you to act properly when you're given the opportunity to act out in revenge. I know this. That when my prayer meter is low, my revenge meter is high. I mean, when I'm not praying like I should, I mean, I just, I just snap like I shouldn't. So we need to prepare. We need to be prayed up. We need to have those spiritual disciplines in place. We need to know that revenge opportunities are coming. And we need to see them in advance and say, you know what? When they happen, I'm going to take the high road. Why not just get even? Why not just get back? I mean, it feels so good at the moment. It feels so right. But listen to what. The scripture says in Romans, chapter 12, verse 20. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. How many of you honestly say you like that scripture? Can I, come on. I mean, we like it because somehow there's some sadistic way that kindness can hurt the other person, right? And so we're like, I'm feeling you, God. I'm seeing you, man. I get you. I get you now. You don't want me to be caught doing something, so you want me to just backdoor this guy or this girl right here and just hurt him with some kindness. I, I can do that, God. I can do that. But that's not what this scripture means. See, this scripture is written to a culture where fire was so important to them, especially in their homes. And if the fire went out in your home, what you would do is no matter what time it went out, it could be the middle of the night, you'd walk to your neighbor's house, you'd knock on the door, you'd say, neighbor, my fire has gone out. If you had a really good neighbor, they would take some of the coals from their fire and they would put it in one of their pots that they would give you. They'd put a pad on your head and then they would give you a big heaping bunch of coals so that you could put your fire back in your house and get it going again. And as you walked home from their house to your house through the neighborhood, everybody would see you carrying this pot full of fiery coals, and they would know you had a great neighbor. What is Jesus saying? He's saying that the reason why you need to pull back instead of pay back is because when you pull back, that is exactly when people get to see Jesus for who he is. Not a God that is looking to exact revenge or punish, but a God that is looking to extend grace and forgiveness and mercy. And there are some things that words just cannot communicate. But you can pierce the heart of people with godly actions that show the true fruit of Christianity. And I'll tell you, if the church would be more action-oriented 
unless word oriented, we would see people come to Christ a whole lot quicker than they do. Our testimony is at stake when we pay back instead of pull back. You're watching an excerpt from Pastor Frank's message, Shark Smart. For your gift of $8 or more, you can receive the complete 45-minute message. Just call 1-888-700-5262 and request your copy of Shark Smart today. After listening to that message, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to defeat the sharks in my life. You can do it with God's help. Remember, David defeated a lion and a bear. Sharks are nothing for God. If you believe in this ministry, help us continue bringing the message of winning in life through Christ around the world by partnering with us on a regular basis. For your monthly gift, we'll send you our current series as a way of saying thank you. Becoming a partner is easy. People are standing by right now to take your call. Simply dial the number on the bottom of your screen and let them know you want to become a partner. You can also visit us online and click on partnership. And while you're there, check out the many resources available to help encourage you and grow in your relationship with Christ. Remember, as always, with Jesus, you are destined to win. Life isn't always smooth sailing. We sometimes encounter situations or people that cause us pain. But when we let God avenge our situation, God takes what looks like a bad situation, what looks like a situation that's going to take us out, and God turns it around for the good. God turns that circumstance that should have hurt us into something that's going to help us in life. Put it in the hands of God. He can handle the difficult people. Discover how to effectively deal with life sharks God's way in our classic series, Shark Happens. This month, as a thank you for your gift of $25 or more, we will send you Pastor Frank's five-part audio series, Shark Happens. Request this and other faith-building resources by calling us at 1-888-700-5262 or visiting us online at franksantora.cc. Stop letting the sharks of life dictate your outlook and begin to triumph in life today. Visit FrankSantora.cc today to get your copy of Faith Worship's latest CD, Miracle, for only $10. Destined to Win is moving to a new day and new time. Join us starting August 5th on Wednesdays at 4.30 Eastern. If you're in the New York City or Connecticut area, we invite you to visit us at one of our locations or join us online every Sunday at faithchurch.cc slash live. On behalf of Pastor Frank and from all of us at Faith Church, we love you and we'll see you next week. For 40 years, he gave us keys for giving and receiving spiritual nuggets he shared with viewers around the world. For your gift, we'd like to send you Dr. Paul Crouch's book, Ask Me for Anything, Proven Biblical Principles of Giving and Receiving. Based on 2 Chronicles 1-7, which says, Ask me for anything and I will give it to you. This book is filled with rich, life-impacting teaching on biblical stewardship, tithing, sowing, and reaping. It's a gold mine of faith-building content straight from the heart of one of God's generals that will take you to new levels of giving and receiving. When you order, we'll add this faith-building DVD from Dr. Crouch as a bonus. To receive your book and DVD, send your gift to TBN. 
P.O. Box A, Santa Ana, California, 92711. Or give online at tbn.org. TBN is covering the U.S. with not just one, but six over-the-air networks. If you live in a city with a TBN station, you can get these over-the-air channels free by hooking up an antenna to your home. Just purchase an indoor or outdoor antenna from your local hardware store. Connect it to your TV, and you're good to go. You'll then be able to access TBN on sub-channel 1, church channel on sub-channel 2, smile of a child and juice on sub-channel 3, Enlace on sub-channel 4, and our newest network, TBN Salsa, on sub-channel 5. If you already have satellite or cable, you can switch between these services and your antenna and get the best of both worlds. Hook up today and enjoy not one, but six TBN channels free of charge. Greetings. My name is Pastor Torre Roberts of One Church International in Los Angeles, California, and I'm so blessed to be a partner of TBN, and I'm encouraging you to partner with what God is doing here. Don't go away. Watch Carrie Shook Ministries offering a clear contemporary teaching on TBN, the number one Christian network in the world. This is TBN, part of the Trinity Broadcasting family of networks, celebrating 42 years of God's miracles. Last week, the only true foundation for making good decisions in this fast-paced culture is divine wisdom. It's the only basis by which you can make good decisions when you base it on divine wisdom. And we said divine wisdom is the God-given ability to see life and to make decisions based on an eternal perspective, to get the whole picture, to see beyond just the surface, to see ahead of the game. Divine wisdom is the one thing you need this year more than anything else. And that's why we're looking at the book of wisdom, Proverbs, written by the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon. So open your Bibles, Woodlands Church, to Proverbs chapter 3. And would you stand in honor of God's word? And I want to welcome... It's not enough. All of my survivors, I congratulations. Not time to succeed. Let's go forward. The pool of Bethesda was designated for the halt, the lame, and the blind. And they congregated there on their porches. On their porches, each in its own category, they congregated there, surviving in the midst of a completely paradoxical situation. One side, people are busy moving. In fact, they're near the sheep market. Industry is going on, productivity is going on, business is going on, children are playing, commerce is moving, politics are going on, but these are the folk that are stuck. Five porches for five different reasons, five different categories, they do not share the same reason, but it has left the same result. One man is blind, that's why he's there. 
And the other man is hot. That's why he's there. He can, he can see, but he's hot. And he cannot move. The other man, he walks fine. He can see good, but he's, he's, he's withered. He's, he's withered. He can't work because he's withered. The only thing they have in common is that each of them have some malady, some trauma, some physical infirmity that has brought them to this place. Now, the pool of Bethesda is also indicative of the times in which the text is taken. There were, there were no medical hospitals to take these people that they might be made whole. This was a holding place for people who weren't dead but weren't alive. Stuck in a state betwixt in between not quite being well enough to enter into the commerce and the life and the happiness going around them, but not bad enough to be in the cemetery, they were stuck. <clears throat> and every day that they lived, they enjoyed the fact that they had survived. Because in an environment that lends itself to people who have been through catastrophic situations, it is not uncommon to lose somebody every day. So whether you got well or not, instead of celebrating the fact that you got well, to some degree, the very fact that you are still alive is celebration within itself. I want you to understand this because the text suggests a pathology evolves around this pool. A pathology that is given to people who have survived. I want you to listen at them and think about you. Because it is possible to develop a mentality to fit your environment that simply makes the best of a bad situation. I'm not happy. I'm not living my life to the fullest. I'm not getting the most out of my life. So I'm going to bring my expectation down to my reality and enjoy the fact that at least they didn't carry me off to the board today. I'm still here. That we're still married. You know how your mama tells you, you still got a roof over your head. Never mind that it leaks and it's caving in and it hasn't been painted for 20 years. Just, just thank God you still got a roof over top of your head. Some of the torture of the pool of Bethesda exists in the commerce in which it is surrounded. Because if I am down and everybody else is down around me, then down becomes normal. What makes down terrible is when you are down and you can still see up. If you're, if you're going to keep a people enslaved, don't teach them how to read. Because reading people escape their environment and see lifestyles of other people and bear the warning. 
Don't let them have a television because they'll see that all the young people are not barefoot and living in huts. They'll, they'll see when people see something beyond them, generally it will make them go after it. I'm a big believer in exposure. Exposing people to different things. A lot of times people don't want anything because they have not been exposed to anything. When we read that the pool of Bethesda existed beside the sheep market, we don't pay any attention to it, but the contrast is glaring at me that on one hand herds of sheep are being brought down to the market to be sold and commerce and business and life and productivity is going on and on the other side they're picking their sores and wrapping their wounds because they are stuck in a state of survival. This may be the most important message you will ever hear in your life because I am learning as a leader I don't care how anointed you are I don't care how gifted you are to speak I don't care how well you can sing you can, just because you're anointed does not mean you escape the, the subculture that you develop around dysfunction that holds you a prisoner sing all you want to Canaries sing, but they're still in a cage. Preach all you want to, but you can say something with your mouth that you do not live with your life. The blind had a porch. The lame had a porch. And the hall had a porch. You know, when, when I do workshops outside of the church on on leadership and and, and, and and human development, I tell people, if you want to know where you are or what porch you're on, look in your cell phone. Because your cell phone will tell me who you talk to. And whoever you spend your time talking to, that's the porch you're on. Ooh, it's going to be tight this morning, Lord. You cannot surround yourself with blindness and expect to see. You cannot run with packs of angry women and expect to be happy and fulfilled. You cannot hang out with a bunch of defeated, going nowhere, no vision men, and being overcomer. You are who you hang around. So I want to ask you, what is the name of your porch? You can't run around with prejudiced people and not be prejudiced. You can't run around with arrogant people and not be arrogant. What is the name of your porch? Blind people all got together because they understood each other. They enabled each other. They empowered each other. Blind man said, I can't see the other one. Said, I know what you mean. One said, I can see shadows. The other said, I can't see anything at all. 
They developed a system of survival built around what would not go away. Oh, it sounds like our communities. We have systems of survival built around what will not go away. If we could heal it, we would leave it. But since we can't heal it, we make it nice and comfortable and fix it up and say we like it. Nobody likes to be afraid to come out of their house. Nobody likes to be mugged. Nobody likes to have their car stolen. Nobody likes being raped. Nobody likes being broke. Nobody likes being lonely. Nobody likes being fired. Nobody likes being a victim of domestic violence. Nobody likes negativity. But if you're not careful, you will build a, a system around something that you have lost the faith that it could change. Defining yourself by a dysfunction. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. And I run with the this and the that of it all. You've locked yourself in a perpetual state of dysfunction and developed a cultural survival mechanism to fit what doesn't work in your life. Still to come on the Potter's Touch. That's the way somebody's coming out. You slow, but you coming. You dragging, but you coming. You need a strategy, but you coming. It took you a while to position yourself, but here you come. Blood, but I'm moving. Hard, but I'm moving. nothing to do with you. Are you being victimized by you? Remove the obstacles in your path with destiny steps. Somebody's about to take flight. Clear the runway. Start the engine. Buckle your seatbelts. Because God is teaching me how to flow into my destiny. For your gift of any size, you will receive Bishop's timely message, Destiny Flocks Together, on CD from the series Destiny Steps. And when your gift is $65 or more, you'll receive Bishop's six-message series, Destiny Steps, on DVD. Go ahead and master what you are. And after a while, without you even trying to do it, where you started will turn into where you're going. That's what destiny is pulling you into. However, for your gift of $110 or more, we'll also include our helpful Be Still clipboard and notepad. It's time to be the you God meant you to be. Your destiny is already in you. So Jesus comes down to the pool, and the Bible says when he looked around and saw this lame man, and he saw him lying there. And how long he had been lying there. The answer asked the question. <laughs> you 
say Jesus is the answer, and I agree with you, and he is the answer, but the answer, the sovereign God, the all-knowing God, the God who is omniscient, the God who has seen the end from the beginning, when he saw this man's position and his condition, the God who knows everything says, do you, do you want to be made whole? I used to think that this was an unintelligent question. Because how could you see somebody who was lame 38 years and ask them, do they want to be well? That seems silly to me. Until I read a little closer, it says when he saw him lie there, when he saw his behavior, you see what I'm saying? You got me, don't you? He, he, said, he said, nothing in your actions lets me know that you want to get up. Because they don't feel lovable. 
And if anything starts going too good, they'll find something bad to focus on until they mess it up because they are hell-bent on staying in their bed. Now, I'm talking about them, but I want you to think about you. Some women like hateful men. You ain't happy till he punched you. And even though you called in for prayer, you didn't like nobody nice. What's wrong with you that better don't look good? Ooh, I'm losing some amens, Lord. They're going down on me. They're going down on me right now. They're going down. When he sent you better, it was so foreign, you didn't like it. Have you developed an addiction to your affliction? Because even God says, I don't want to take you where you don't want to go. Wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to change? Or do you just want God to make convenient your porch? I want some air conditioning, Lord. Yeah, I want it, man. I want some air conditioning, Lord. If I could have some coffee up in here, sure would be nice. But you're still on the porch. You just decorated it. I want to be able to get me a new dress when I want to go out on the weekends. You're just decorating the porch. Can I go a little deeper? So Jesus asked the man, he said, will thou be made whole? And he let me ask you, will thou be made whole? Then Jesus is confused because he said, I ought to be able to look at your situation and tell you don't want to stay there. But because you seem so comfortable in it. I'm confused. Will thou be made? He said, well, yeah, yeah, but let me show you why I'm like this. First of all, I'm like this because of what I didn't get. I didn't have anybody to carry me into the pool. It's not that I didn't have opportunities, but when I got the opportunity, I didn't have the support. Mm-hmm. So I'm like this because of who wouldn't carry me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like this because of where I was raised. I'm like this color of my skin. I'm like this because I didn't have a father. I'm like this because I didn't have a mother. I'm like this because of my first husband. I'm, I'm like this because of what my pastor said about me. I'm like this. Oh, I'm losing amens, Lord. I'm losing. They're going down quick too, Lord. You got to give me something to bring them back because they about gone now. They just, they just about. Anytime you justify your condition, you have given it license to stay. So I'm like this because of 
what I didn't have. And then the second reason I'm like this is when I was, when I did decide to try, when I did to try, I tried a couple of times, I did. I, I tried it a couple of times, I did, Lord, I did, but I tried it, it go right, I just, I don't know what it was, Robbie, but I tried. I tried, you know, I tried, Lord, and I, while I was, while I was getting up, and somebody got in front of me. I just stayed in. They wanted it. I want to ask the people that want it. Do you want it bad enough to get in somebody's way to go get it? Because you can't be polite and get this. There comes a time that you got to say, if you don't want nothing, get out of the way. If you excuse me, I got to go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. High five somebody say, I'm going to get it this year. Yeah, this, this is my year. Something to Abundant joy, abundant spirituality, 
Whatever it is that your destiny is designed for you to do, it's not supposed to be a handful or a cup of a harvest. It's supposed to be abundant, overflow of my cup. You need to run over and be blessed. Before I close today, I want you to run over and join me at Megafest here in Dallas. You're talking about an overflow. It's where the eagles will gather. This is not a place for people who don't believe. But it definitely is a destiny destination for those who do. Hit your ride. Come on down. It's going down in Dallas. I want to make sure that when you leave here, that you leave here on a whole nother level. You don't have to live in the dark feeling like you never know what to do. God will lead you and guide you and direct you. He's not some agenda. He's not just all Jesus. Because you know how strong his name is. I just need you to reach up in the heavenly and cry out big. I need you to release it over your life. You want to just reach back and dig in and see what God did in your life. Then it'll give you a clue about where you're going now. Every day you wake up and you're adding to the kingdom, you're subtracting from hell. And that's why the devil can't stand you. I know that there's a force on the planet much higher than the facts, and it's called the truth of the word of God. The anointing is coming on your life to change your season. Anoint me! I'm supposed to be getting you ready for a non-traditional miracle. A miracle that defies anything you have ever seen God do before. I almost call this sermon, The Wait Is Over. Because somebody's been waiting for 38 years. But the Lord says it's Sunday. The wait is the factor, then everything's going to turn out in a positive. You see, it doesn't matter where you're walking. It doesn't matter the struggle. It doesn't matter the hurt that you have. You're sitting at a gate called beautiful because when Jesus comes in, everything changes. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we've come to tell you tonight, be blessed. In fact, just look at three people around you and tell them, be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Bishop, I was on an airplane on my way to see you. And the Lord began to speak to me and 
can write these words as encouragement to the saints around the world. Watch God change things. 
if you just get on your lunch break, would you just take a moment out to pray for me? Because I'm going to be praying for you. Now, you know what's going to happen if you pray for somebody around you? Just look at somebody and tell them, I'll pray for you. You pray for me? What's getting ready to happen? Watch God.
Shit, a go send Russia to go session, 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 Russ
I'm still snoring, so it ain't helping me none. <laughs> okay. But uh, because I'm still snoring, so, hey, it's a breathing thing. I'm not sure, but, you know, I, I hate it with a passion. I really do. And that's a big word to say hate, but I do hate the same thing because I, I don't have to wear it, but I choose to wear it because, you know, the doctors want to monitor um, the, 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 the sleep app, the doctor wants to monitor my sleep, like my breathing patterns or something. And, of course, they say when you snore, you tend to stop breathing at some point. So I don't know. I don't know, Samuel. Me either, Maria. But um, I want to go ahead and open up. Um, not open up a pray for, just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for today. I thank you for waking us up this morning with the with the zeal to want to run to you. With the zeal, the new mindset that want to stay focused on your word your will and your way. I thank you for family and friends that 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 encamped around me as I go through this this new journey that lies ahead. I pray for your healing powers to continue to bless me with the with healing. Continue to gird me with the strength of the giants and give me the strength of those giants as well. I know by my, by your stripes I am healed, God. So I need you to continue to pour into me the peace that surpasses all understanding. Right now in the name of Jesus. And as I look to those hills from which come about my help, God, I also lift up the others who are on this call who need a divine healing as well. We're all going through that trial and that tribulation, that testimony, that, that, that moment in our lives that that causes us to lean not to our own understanding, but to lean on you and trust and know that you are right there with us. Turning that turning that, that, that turning your finger of love around us and touching us in our moments of, of, of need. So, God, I thank you for patience. I thank you for love. I thank you for blessings that are on the way in each and every one of our lives. Sometimes we're at our dead-end moments in our lives, and we're just at the brink of our dead-end moments. You send us that ram in the bush. So thank you, God, in advance for those blessings that are on the way. With the great expectation of knowing they're on the way, thank you for the mindset of knowing that they're on the way and standing still and knowing. We lift your name on high each and every day, God, as we breathe. And I know that you are a keeper of our souls. So, God, I thank you right now in advance for the turnaround and the change that have come upon all our lives that only your, by your hand, by only done by your hand, God. And as I continue to look up, God, I also lift up the sick and the shut-in, God. I first lift up the shut-in, the ones who don't have the mobility to move, God. I pray that you continue to, to gird them with the strength and, move, and let them be restored back to the health from which they once knew to get up out of their, their shut-in mode to be mobile again, God. Give them strength, give them peace, and give them mobility to move 
beyond home, beyond bed, beyond chair. Strengthen them where they're weak and meet them in their need as they cry out to you, Lord, have mercy on me. Help me, dear Jesus. Hear the cries of your people, God, and heal their land, heal their sanctuaries, heal their minds, heal their bodies from being entrapped in the, in the toil and snares of this life and this, in this fleshly body that we live in. Soothe our doubts and calm all fears, God, and, re- and release all pains from each and every one of, one of the bodies that, that I speak of that, are, that needs you right now, God, to continue to move, in their, move on them and for them and by your hand, God. We always lift your name on high, God. So I'm lifting up these sick, the sickest shut-ins to you, God, so you can do your divine work. Bless, heal, deliver. It's in Jesus' name I humbly submit this prayer to you, and I say amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Access to God. I'm going to read from uh, our Daily Bread um, book. First um, John five six through fifteen. Well, I'm gonna use. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna use. Um, let's see. I'm gonna use this. Um, not five sixteen. Hebrews four sixteen. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in in time of need. Technology is a blessing in so many ways. Need a bit of information about a health problem? All you have to do is access the internet, where you you can instantaneously get a list of options to guide your search. Need to contact a friend? Just send a text, email, or Facebook post. But no technology can also, but, but technology can also be frustrating in time. The other day I needed to uh, access some information in my bank account and was asked to list a list of security questions. Unable to recall the act, Exact answers, I was blocked from my own account. Or think of a time when an important conversation is cut off because of a dead cell phone battery, with no way to reconnect until you find a plug to recharge it. All of this makes me delighted with the reality that when I need to access God in prayer, there are no security questions and no batteries required. I love the assurance that John gives when he says, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, 1 John 5, 14. God is always accessible for, accessible for he never slumbers nor sleeps, Psalms 121, 4. And thanks to his love for us, he is waiting and ready to listen. And if there's a little prayer, it says, Lord, thank you for desiring communication with me and for the reassurance that you are indeed listening and ready to help me in the time of need. Teach us to come to you with confidence in your attention, attentive love for us. God is always accessible in our time of need. And, and reading this, this devotional for the first time right now, you know, we take, some of us take, take, this, take this message for granted. And, 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 you know, the prayer without ceasing is so, you, you wouldn't even, we couldn't imagine. I mean, prayer without ceasing is not, not, is not 
It's not hard. It's not hard. Because every breath that we take is a blessing. So why not access have access to God? And even in the time of, not only in the time of need, but in a time of such as a time as this. You know, regardless of the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, we still have access every second of the day to the one who is able to keep us from falling and blessing us and meeting us in those needs, meeting us in those triumphs of those, those, those victories that we won through him. So in reading this, come boldly and thank him each and every day because tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. So access to God. I, I, I thank God for letting me stop at this devotional because at any given time that I need him, he's always there. That's why I give him because I know he's there. So so God is always accessible in our time of need. And that's what I, I got from the lesson is just always look up. Don't look around. Look up because he's the one that's going to fix everything and have everything that you need. Amen. 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 Access to God. <laughs> when you have access, he's going to open up that one and pour you out a blessing. You don't have room enough to receive it. You know. You know, I uh, when I when I finally start, you know, when I finally start um, addressing my family with my diagnosis, the first thing you hear is, "Oh man," I said, "Oh, it's okay." Even though they 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 you know people think of that word as terminal, but I think of that word as life changing. And um, I got a phone call last night, you know, from a dear friend. You know, man, I've been like, he said, you know what, Maria? He said, I've been following you on Facebook. Me and my wife, you know, he's a home, he's a homeboy. I've been following you on Facebook, and I see your walk with God. But when I see your walk with God and your health, you know, and the and and the and the steps and the different um, submissions that you place. Um, on Facebook, I see, you know, I, I, he said, I see your cry. No, he's not cry. I see your desire. And he said, I'm, I don't know what's going on. He texted me last night about 930. He said, I don't know what's going on. But if you, but if you need, I, you know, he said, I'm following you. I'm a, I'm a, I follow everything you say. And, and I know that you have God in your life, but if you need to talk, you need to cry, you need to pray. Me and Ar- me and Ardra are here for you. And I said, I don't know what's going on, but we're here. Now I don't display my, you know, I don't go and say, you know, like I don't advertise, you know my condition because I'm standing still to be used 
as a testimony for God. You know, I'm sitting still and knowing that he's going to heal me. And once I'm healed, then I have a testimony to share. But um, I did pick the phone to call him. And he was like, man, I, you know, and I did tell him. And he was like, man, I know God got this, you know, but I'm going to beat your butt because, you know, you have family and friends who will hover around you through in prayer and to keep something of this magnitude from your family and friends is not fair. I said, well, you want, I want to make sure that, you know, I know God got this. And when I come, and my, my thing was being used as a tool to share my testimony with the world. So he just told me that he's going to, he asked me when, um, if, you know, asked me what's the, what the plans were, and um, I told him intensely what the plans were. And he said, well, you know, if 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 that be the case, I'm going to be there. And I'm like, well, you can come out from South Carolina. It don't matter. It does not matter. You know, because I had, you know, he was just saying he just needs to to be there. And then it made me feel good, you know, made me feel good for a moment. But, uh, you know, and of course it, it filled my eyes because I don't like to display my sickness or display it, not sickness, but display. I don't, well, I don't even know, Sam, because I, I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. I want them to understand that who got me. You know what I mean? You're gonna, people don't have compassion, and I understand that. And I accept that. But I, I just don't want that, the pity part. You know what I mean? Like I said, like that. You know, like I said that way. So I thank God for friends and family and loved ones who, 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 um, yeah, who hovers. Who he's very, he was very upset with me. Of course, he wanted to beat me right on the phone. But um, he he texted me. He said I follow. He he said no. He said normally he told me he said normally I don't get on Facebook, but my wife follows you. And she said, Tony, she said, we're on vacation now. But she said, Tony, um, Maria, something going on with Maria, you know, we need to reach out and find out what's going on. And he said, I got on and I started following you. He said, I got on and I started, I went back. He said, I backtracked <laughs> to follow you to see what was going on. And he just, just wanted to know and um, sending out his support. He said he was coming to see me. Um, within the next week or so, um, he said he's going to come um, to Emory, as a matter of fact, if I, you know, if I, um, if and when I have the search, he's going to come to Emory to see me. But I would like for each, and, um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I don't like to be, what I'm trying to say is it's hard, it's tough. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me. And I think I think I'm mixing it up with compassion. You understand what I'm saying? I'm mixing it with compassion. So continue to pray for me with that, because I I I I rather hold it and share it later than to have, you know. I I don't even know, Sam. I, I guess I'm just confused in my thoughts because I don't want anybody to feel sorry for me because I know whose I am and I know who who's going to be 
the keeper and the maker and the deliverer and the sustainer of my life and my soul. So I guess it's just, I'm not being selfish. It's just that I don't like nobody feel sorry for me. And I wouldn't call it feeling sorry, but yeah. So pray for me to overcome that, you know. Because I'm leaving it in his hands. Amen. <laughs> and I mean what what you're doing mm-hmm. is first of all and that's the same reason you didn't tell your family. First of all, you had to make sure you were positioned yeah. right with God. Oh yeah. You know, and yeah. that you, that you were at a point that because if this is the exact reason because okay, cuz we can go spiritually now, yeah. they're going to bring their negativity and those spirits associated that want to get in to make you walk in fear, doubt, and unbelief. Okay, yeah. Okay. So now you got to make sure that you are positioned first before you could even go to your family or anybody else. So what you're doing is, I mean, what you're doing is correct. Okay. What you're doing is correct. You got to block out all, I mean, even Jesus, when, when there were people, in the, like when he raised a girl from the dead, he put everybody out the room. The mourners were in the room. They were mourning and sorrowful. He had to put them all out. He would, he could not and would not operate in an atmosphere of fear, doubt, and unbelief. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing, first you had to make sure that you were at a point where you were strong yeah. enough to oh, yeah. deal with everybody else's grief. Yeah. Well, you're right. You're right. You're right. So so I wouldn't, I, I don't, I wouldn't, yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. So now when it when it comes <laughs> now nah, you gotta console them. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know. <laughs> well I mean, but if you know I just recognize it is what it is and just just walk. That's all I say. Yeah. Because I because I, I, I know that it was gonna come this way mm-hmm. and I didn't want to have that weight on me already you know what I'm saying? I didn't wanna you know. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I just, oh, I'm saying, yeah. You know, I was going to stand still and know and just do what I got to do and tell the story later, honey. That's what I wanted to do. Well, I mean, and see, God in his own timing, and yeah. that's why I always say listen to the Holy Spirit. In his own time, and now he has people who are coming and seeking, and now, like, what you do, you just do what you do, and you stand strong, you, you tell them about God and your relationship, and you keep walking. And, and see, and I, that touch their lives and help them to grow. Let me tell you what happened last night. I know there's this lady in my church, and she's in my choir. And, um, you know, I'm already I'm right here on the brink of, um, you know, got my bills right here in my hand. Everything, everything is due. This lady pulled me to the side. She said, you know what? I know you're too prideful to call me. Anything, and I do me anything that you need, you got my number. You got my number. And I'm like, you know, I I don't want to be asking nobody for nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, but she, but he's sending him to me, Sam. And I'm just so ashamed you be asking for anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just so ashamed. You know, but he's sending them to me. Anything that you need. And I'm just, you know, too ashamed to even ask for help. You know what I'm saying? But no, if I, huh? Be by God, those, you know, he'll just be left. It's always about the Holy Spirit because now even in that, 
you know, we got to get to the point where we we get over ourselves. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, because so he said, if anything that you need, call me. And know what I'm sitting here with my phone will be turned off. The light wheels will do. The water bill is, you know what I'm saying? Right. And but you know, the kids are getting paid today, so I'm like, well, let me see what they got. You know what they're gonna have, to, and then I'll you know make some adjustments or whatever. But she said, anything, you know, you know, you ain't got to worry about. Just, just call me. And I'm like, Lord, I just hate to ask anybody for anything, but I got to get over self right. because there's a there's God is sending the angels to me, and mm-hmm. I'm just like afraid to even ask anybody for anything. Well, um, well, since you, you know, I don't know, how, I don't know how to address it. You know what I mean? To ask for something, you know, I just thank her first and then say, huh? I said, that's wisdom. Just, just be, you know, just because they said don't run out there, you know, don't abuse it. <laughs> well, no, like I say, I mean. She asked me, she told me to get call her personal cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Lord, I don't even know how to start, you know. I you know you know, I don't even know how to start. I just I'm just gonna play it by ear and hopefully she'll I'll text her first. <laughs> I saw the text to see if it's her phone number because I haven't saved in my phone. But she was um you know, she was very open to helping. And you know you got you know I got you. Anything you need, anything that you need, call my call me. You got my number? I said, Yes, ma'am, I do. <laughs> oh Lord. You know. Because she's the one of the ladies in the church that bought me a drink I bought me a suit. She gave me hundred and fifty dollars to buy me a suit. I was like, Thank you. That's the same lady. She's retired from the post office, postal service. But, you know, enough of me. It's all about him moving and changing and directing our lives to such because sometimes he's going to humble us to, to – you've got to be in a place to receive his blessings. You've got to humble yourself and open yourself to receive his blessings because if you don't, we don't humble and open, we will never receive. You can't just be closed off and shut up. I'm ministering to myself, fam. You hear me now. We can't just be closed and shut off from the world. We have to remember from everything because we won't see who's closing you and put yourself in a box. I'm ministering to myself, Sam. You hear me? Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> anyway. hey. But continue. Thank you for your advice and everything because I, I you know, uh, you know, sometimes when you, you know, right now I'm walking on, like I said, I'm walking in faith and not fear. I can't. I can't walk in fear. Amen. I cannot walk in fear. I'm walking in I'm walking in, in faith and joy, knowing that I will be delivered, I'll be healed, and I will be you know I mean just walking in faith. Because those stripes that He gave for us, we are healed. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Good morning, Erica. I think she I think she's on the computer. Oh, okay. Like I saw, she hit me a she hit me a text. Text. Yeah, he really mad, babe. He really mad at me right about now. <laughs> he really upset with me right now. For real. <laughs> He's a Silvernite. Um, one of my homeboys is a Silvernite. Oh, okay. He, he wasn't there. I don't think he was there saying when he came. He came after us. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. 
Sam? I said, yeah, I hear you. Hello. I said, I hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, he came after us, so you was, you was already gone. You probably huh. was already gone on your own, doing your own thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, whatever. <laughs> you know you were out there doing it. Mm-hmm, yeah, because I knew you had an underlying message. That's why I said whatever. <laughs> you out there doing it. You was out there. Mm-hmm, gurgle, gurgle, yuck, yuck, chuckle, chuckle. <laughs> but I'm done talking. I, I I, I'm done. I, I, my, my sister, we lay, we have these conversations, you know. She's in denial, so pray for her, okay? Oh, your sister? Very much so. Mm. As far as what, what's going on with me, she's in denial. Right, I got you. I and I, her name Lisa. She's not here with me now, but just lift her up because she's, you know, um, to my father. She had a hard time. Um, but, you know, when it's so close to, you know, we, you know, right here, she just, uh-uh, I can't accept it. I would not, I'm not, you know, she got a hard time. She, she should actually, no, she don't want to deal with it. Mm-hmm. She, no, she, she just, you know, she's very, having a hard time. But she ain't going to tell me, don't tell me that, but she said it yesterday. I was, you know, yesterday before yesterday, I was sitting outside. So I, um, because she said this morning, uh, I asked, I said, Lisa, are you going to um, take the day off when, you know, on the third? She said, if, you know, she said, no. And she said, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't sit and worry. I can't sit and worry, wait, sit and worry, wait. But don't worry. I said, that's what we fail when we fail. We don't, that's why our faith lies. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. You can't worry. Well, easy for you to say. <laughs> well, easy for me. You know, when she said that, easy for me to say, no, it's not you, it's me. You know, <laughs> easy for you to say. <laughs> you don't even know. But, you know, and I, and I try to be encouraging to them. Uplifting and, and you know, cause mm, mm, mm. So wait a minute, wait a minute. So does that reinforce why you didn't tell your family right away? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I but I did I did I did seek some advice for some friends and I'm not sure if you all let me ask you all because Well, never mind. Because because I was told that that by I don't even by by if I don't I should not tell area the condition just tell her what they're gonna do. I mean, how is she not gonna know what's going on? What do you mean by the condition? Telling her the diagnosis. How is she not gonna go know what's going on? Because you know Trey's gonna talk, your sister's gonna talk. They walk around, and you know so. No, what I'm saying is, what she knows is that I'm gonna have surgery. She does know that. She knows it already. 
she don't know the validity of the surgery. You know what I'm saying? She knows I'm going to have surgery, you know, because of the bariatric thing. She knew that. All of them knew that. Oh, okay. Because it wasn't displayed the in-depth of the change in right, what's going to You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that, that, you know, the diagnosis was not discussed, but just the surgery. You mm-hmm. So I was told to hold off telling the reasoning behind the surgery until the surgery is complete. Okay, well, now this is what I want to ask. And when I say who, I don't mean person, but who told you that from the standpoint of where are they in their relationship and in their walk? Well, they're actually a church member. But my doctor said it's best to just have that support. It's a church member. Mm-hmm. Because of the understanding of the young, the young, the young mind, and I mean, people discount my discount children, and, and, and they, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah, and not know that they will be the ones that are the powerful prayers, the ones who who want to see that. You know, what I'm saying not the powerful prayers, the actual what you call them. Um, I oh, I can't put I on the tip of my tongue about the babes, the honesty, the babes in Christ, the actual childlike. Faith. Faith that that'll give you know, that'll go to God from their pureness of their heart. You feel what I'm saying? I mean I mean we all we, we grab the childlike faith and give it to God and, and, and you know, if it's something that's that's, that's dire that the, I'm not saying everybody you know, prayers won't be heard, but theirs will be so unique and you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I guess I'm just overthinking. But, you know, Debbie just telling since she already knows about the surgery, just the, 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 she already aware of the surgery. You know, to just tell her the diagnosis. Why would you, you know, go? And I said, well, okay, everybody knows. Everybody already knows, but her. Well, I mean, you know, how old is she? Fourteen. Yeah, she'll be fifteen in October. Oh well. It's just, it's just, you know, to me. I, 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 you know, she always aware of it, but just to tell that, that, just to tell the diagnosis, I, you know, it may cause her to strengthen her as a young woman, and it may cause her to, you know, you know, be heard or what, you know. But that's the that's that's how we that's life, how we grow, and that may draw, want her to draw closer to God herself, you know. You know, I, I just, I'm still praying about that. Now. Well, I mean, pray about it. And... But she don't want to tell you that somebody said, she said but the no. lady said, well, if you don't, if you don't tell the Trey, don't tell it. <laughs> you said what? If you don't tell it, Trey, don't tell it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to get out. That's what I'm like. They walk around in distress, and they're just going to open up their mouth, not because they're telling, but because they're, they're distressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we run our mouth, you know. You know what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I, 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 I um she'll be here today, sometime today. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I I really think that to me I think that she needs to be made aware of of, of, of the of the severity not to say severity but, but, but she needs to be made aware. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense to me.
Although her father thinks otherwise, but well, who is he to say anything? <laughs> wow, well, I'm going to leave that one alone. You leave that one alone because, um, yeah, mm. we're moving on. <laughs> moving on. Now, now, look at this. Now, every time, I, 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 you know, the, the news is so depressing to me. The news would be, the news is so depressing to me. Every time you turn on the set, shooting, killing, it, it just, oh, my God, it's so, I'm going to turn it on, family. I just, I tell you, it's so depressing. We need to seek world peace. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus, I seek world peace, God. All the violence is cease in the name of Jesus. All the killing should cease in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, heal this land. Heal this land. Give the pe- the people's mind, the, the, the victims and the, and the victors, give them a peace of mind to realize what they're trying or about to do. Peace be still. Like yesterday, peace be still across the land. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Mm, 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 mm. Amen. Amen. Yes, I did. I, oh, my God, it's just um, the military. I pray for the, the, the three to the four people who were killed in, um, what was it, Tennessee? Not Tennessee. Was it Tennessee or China, Illinois? Where was it, Sam? People get every day. What you talking about? Four Marines that were were taken yesterday. I don't look at news, babe, so I I, I don't know. I I stop looking at news as a kid. It's depressing. It's just, yeah, it's just awful. It's just so awful, man. It's so awful. It's so awful. You know, it's so awful. But anyway, we're going to pray for this world peace right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's awful. <laughs> I didn't want it, Eric. I promise you I didn't want it. But, I, you know, I guess what I wake up to, the news, the news. But this morning, I, I slept in this morning for some reason. I may have been up between four and between three and four, but I just slept in. I guess the... I guess I put regular water into the machine instead of the steel water. Oh no! Oh no! I hate it. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm done, Sam. I'm going to mute for a minute. Boogie doogie smoking. Well, I guess I knock out my list of sisters. I might need to grab him and knock it out. Oh, uh, well, I'm thinking about it. I don't know if he talked to Cheryl, but uh, no, no, she probably didn't call. But anyway, she said she found tickets for seventy-five dollars on the Mega Bus round trip. I think from Chicago to Atlanta. 
Oh, really? Wow, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brought you off mute. That ain't bad, though. That ain't, please, bad, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't pay, you pay more than that in gas, and, you know, still got the trip, so. But you got to run those twelve. We got to run those. Um, in it in it eight sixteen hours though. Well, how much you go? I mean, what sixteen hours on the bus and what fourteen in a car? Twelve maybe. Twelve. You know, so twelve to fourteen in the car. Yeah. You know, so. But they ain't bend at all. Mm-mm. And you ain't driving. I mean, but yeah, she because she said, "I like shoot, please." That ain't that ain't bad at all. Mm. Like I said, I think that's round trip. I had to very because you told me about we talked about it yesterday. So that's not bad at all. That's not bad at all. Well, I'm going back on mute. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until I say something else to bring you off mute. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shower. <laughs> Oh, well, okay, that's going to be a while. Ooh, no, he did You know, you know <laughs> at least I do bathe, Raggedy Andy. Oh, oh, so you start using soap instead of the dry cleaning method? Well, you and Mr. Davis living together. Oh, oh, no, you did. Oh, 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 no, you did. I'm waving my finger in the air, everything. Not head. Oh, no. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 I love you. At least you can for real now. Oh, Lord. Mm-mm-mm. That's funny. No, it ain't, really. Trust and believe it ain't. <laughs> and it's hot, too? Oh, Jesus. But anyway. Ah, okay, what am I trying to do? Ah, Idiam, Boshikarandi Shirko Shirokumbranda to go say Shirokumbrado Kosarakanda Shirokosanda Kosandra 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 Karanda Saraka, Suroba Saraka. Kim more horror, Boshiko say Shirko 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 Join a war. Haradako Shishir, the Korobas, Ranako Sashir, the Korobrakasa, Ramboko Sashir, the Korobakas, the Gashishir, the Gossashir, 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 the
Community service. Shirgasa, 
Bureshe, Shirandaranda, Surukose, Shirandaranda, Sushe, Shirandoko, Morombranuko, Saraka Serika, Seruko Saraka, Surukose, Haraka, Sakara. Manual rules of Hanagoshi, the Gostation, 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 Okay,
All right, all right, all right. Good morning. It's the Richardson. Oh, don't be so excited. I am, man. It's always a joy to hear your voice. Oh. How it was makes you my day. Oh, it's your birthday. What? You say it's your birthday. What did you say? You said it's your birthday. No, hearing your voice makes my day. Oh. How wonderful. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So what? I'm the surprise in y'all cracker jacks. <laughs> yeah, you the toy inside, baby. You want to finish up this list? You said you were about to say something. No, 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 go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. You, my sweet. I'm lovely, wonderful. I can't complain, huh? Isn't it nice to hear our brother in his praise that he's so elated, just happy with his cooking? Yeah. Oh. Make you feel welcome. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, where am I? I got those two synonymous from City of Refuge. For a People in the gifting class. Joyce Mason, Alex Thompson, Elliot, and Chris Foster. Should do the
Broshi the Cassay, she the Cassay, she the Cassay and Randegos and Rasa, so go to the Gandes, she the car, she the car, the Gandelgos, the Gandes, she the Gandas, the Gosara, Candelgosa, she the Grandelga del Gandagos, the Gandas, the Gosagana, the Randagan, the Gosalan, the Akrandi, the Akara. Okay, who want to do this? We got um, unsaved, deceased, and hospice, press shift to many children in the family. What else we got? Somebody, somebody, somebody um, abusing addiction because Arthur been abusing me ever since this prayer line started. I need prayer. Um, <laughs> ah. Speaking of which, I was talking to uh my karate instructor yesterday. And we were talking about a lot of different stuff as we normally do. So he got on the subject of Bruce Jenner and he started talking about his past. And that he was brought up and his father was actually um, in the occult and trained Bruce up to come in that same way. And that he had him doing all these different things. I said, how you figure out? Like, he said, well, he just been, you know, researching and he could piece the facts together. So he was basically telling me all this about his past. I said, oh, well, okay, he's just living out what he's been living all his life. And it's just like, you know, so... He's not doing anything that he hadn't been doing all his life, and he it had been opened up to him as a youth. So now this is just, you know, this is what he's been doing anyway. So anyway, it's just interesting because we talk about on the line all the time about gates and how things happen. So these gates, you got generational curses, you got straight occult worship, and you got all that stuff going on when he was a kid. So, yeah, he's very screwed up. But he got the SP award. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Alright, congregations of churches. Brand Abuse and addiction. So does she go say 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 she go Congregation, she's a brand of the station, 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 the station
Saka, Saka. Um, what else left? Unsafe, she did sick and shut in. Alright, I think that should be it. Anyway, life in the Farley household, that's all I got to say. Okay, um, what am I praying for? Financial breakthroughs and turnaround. Bullshit go say, should 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 go say, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Good this financial breakthroughs. Just hold on, Sam, is what he's telling me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Boy, should go say, should go say, should go say. Rambaka, <laughs> Just continue to stand in my word. Continue to walk in accordance with what I've told you to do. Hmm. Continue to let me be God. Trust in what I've shown and I'm showing you. He's telling me that he is God. He has this. Walk in accordance with what he's calling you to do. 
Now, I'm individual right now, but grab hold of what he's talking This is not just for me is what I'm trying to say. This is not just for me. This is this is this is grab hold of it. Receive what the Lord is speaking to you. Don't get derailed by the enemy. Hmm. Don't get derailed by the enemy. And what's coming into me is the enemy, a train, and I'm just throwing this out, like in the westerns and stuff, they will put something on the track to make that train hit it and derail it. Now, you got this big old locomotive, but if I put a a two-by-four on the track, it's going to derail that train. So what is that saying? That something small can throw you away awry and make you miss what God has for you. That's powerful. In his word he says a little leaven will will mess up the whole batter. I'm paraphrasing. So in other words, now we can't just be aware of the big things, but we must also be aware of the small things. See, recognize what the enemy does. And his his patterns on the way that he does things, he he might hit the way that he does things really doesn't change. The circumstances, situations, or our understanding of it might change, but the way that the enemy does things, he really it really doesn't change. What is it? Lust of eye, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh. He's been coming the same way since since we've been created. He knows how to get to us. He knows what to do to make us miss it. And also he studies us. See, see again, I'm going I'm going into principle now. Okay. He knows what where to work, but then he, he'll study you and, and, and see how to make you maneuver, how to maneuver you, how to manipulate you. By applying pressure, by letting his spirits get upon you. See, once you're saved, that spirit is not within you, but it is upon you. See, that's where the deliverance aspect comes in. But see, God's got to grow you out of this. God's got to begin to show you things so that you can begin to desire and allow God to come deeper into your heart than you do yourself. Now, we've been talking about soul. We've been talking about self lately. So now I get a great understanding of that. So the enemy will use his tricks, and he can use a little thing. Because, see, that's what I was getting at in the beginning. He wants to stop the train from getting started, period. He wants to make you to miss your destination by not even getting on the train. But then you were you were girded up enough, you were prayed up enough, you were wise enough, however it is you got on the train, and you're going down to your destiny. So now since he can't get you off the train, now he's going to see if he can if he can derail the train. See, see that train's got a lot of force. That train's got a lot of impact, but that little 2 by 4 can take that whole train and make it derail, make it get out of position. And see, that's what the enemy's trying to do to make you get derailed, get you frustrated, get you agitated, and you stop, you turn around, or you begin to confess the wrong things out of your mouth. Then you begin to change your focus. Then you begin to allow things things into your heart. I said your heart. I didn't say your life. 
In that sense, I'm breaking it up different. Okay, reason I'm saying in your heart, because you might be surrounded by negativity. You might be surrounded by bad situations and circumstances, which is what T.D. was talking about earlier today. You might be surrounded by all of this, but is it within you? That's why I broke the difference between your life and your heart. You cannot allow those things to get into your heart. For the word of God says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of the flows the issues of life. So, see, Maria, again, that's what I told you. You can't afford that negativity to get inside you. That's why you delayed in telling your family. Because now, first you had to gird and build yourself up. Now you got to gird and build yourself and them up. So, see, all these things go on. And it's a demonic. And it's also just because of where we are, who we are. And we're not, we're not growing, we're not sinning, we're not allowing God to grow us up. So God would use me, Maria, Erica, all, he would use us, and I'm just saying these names, I'm talking about all of them. He would use us to help while we're struggling in our mess, while we're struggling to come up out of our situation and circumstance, God will use us to touch other people, to help them. I said, well, Lord, can't you, can't I come out? I'm really like, I'm going to wait till I get on the other side of through to begin to praise my Lord. God said, no, you're going to praise me right now. You're going to be my testimony right now because I'm bringing them to you, and you're going to speak, and you're going to minister right now while you're in the midst of your struggle. Mm, my God, Jesus Christ. Ooh, said, while you are in the midst of dealing with what you're dealing with, while you are in the midst of overcoming, you're going to begin to minister to those that he's bringing your way. Who shut up? What did Arthur read yesterday while they were, I can't get verbatim the scriptures, but they were struggling in their own blood. And then God spoke and said, live. Hi, you know, because he's talking about the children of Israel. While you're in the midst of your struggle and your turmoil, God says, live and not die. But, Lord, let me get on the other side so I can be the testimony. Let me get on the other side and say, no, you're going to be the testimony right here and right now, and you're going to trust my word, and you're going to be an example of my word while you're going through. Mm, mm, mm. So, 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 I'm going to speak life to Sam Farley. I'm going to speak finance and prosperity to Sam Farley. I'm going to speak health and healing to Sam Farley. But you know what? i got to speak life and healing and health and prosperity to Sam Farley and his family, my immediate family. Like I tell you all all the time, i, I got three 90-year-olds and a 16, about to be 17-year-old. That's my responsibility. Maria, your household, that's your responsibility. Yeah, you got to gird them up. you got to feed them. Now, outside of that... Those who wish, fine. But I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm not going to do because, see, it's a requirement, and it pulls on you. That's why you can't afford to let those things into your heart because it will begin to pull the life out of you. And you cannot afford to let anybody be able to do that. And that's just getting back to the enemy. That's just another tactic that he used. He will position people, situations and circumstances to pull on you, to pull that joy, to pull that strength. So the joy of the Lord is that strength. So he can get you depressed and he's, you're, you're, you're weakening. So these are the tactics that the enemy used to get you out of position, to derail you from your mission. So how did all that come out from financial breakthrough? I don't know. But I know God is telling me, son, walk, trust, seek. And he's telling you the same thing.
Walk, trust, seek. Walk in accordance with what I'm showing you. Trust that I have put you on the path, not only the correct path, but the path that I desire you to be in. You are positioned the way that I desire you to be positioned. Seek my word, my will, and my way. In all and through all. Now watch for the manifestation. Because the Lord spoke, I don't know who it was or whatever, but, but, but when I was praying for financial, he said, now watch this. And when he said it, it's like, watch me. Just, in other words, no, you've been standing even now. Now watch me work. So in other words, what I'm telling you, watch God be God. Watch him work in your life. Watch him watch work in your finances. Watch him work in your health. That God be God. And I just give him the praise. Amen. And amen. That was financial breakthroughs. Uh, health, healing, restoration on a synergistic and increasing basis. So, brush the gossip, the grand brand, the grand brand, the grand Walking supernatural, superhuman, strength, ability, gifts, and talents on a synergistic and increasing basis. Some brush to go pray patience more pray more patience <laughs> Financial breakthrough, financial turnaround, health, healing, restoration, supernatural, superhuman, strength, ability, gifts, and talents on a synergistic increasing basis. Restoring and renewing our youth on a synergistic increasing basis. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding on a synergistic and increasing basis. Father God, one of my prayers is not that you just bring prosperity my way, bring prosperity our way. 
But one of my prayers, Father, has been that my parents be able to live a happy, healthy, enjoyable life in their tired spirits, souls, and bodies longer than the prosperity that you're bringing here. So, Father, I'm praying on behalf of every member of Prayer Shifter Ministries that you're bringing prosperity our way and that our parents and our loved ones, Father, will be able to enjoy that which you're doing in our lives again so we can just be another testimony. Shout out to the Lord of the Word of God. Oh, y'all done tapped into something. Y'all done making me go somewhere now. Y'all done making me go go somewhere now. Y'all y'all ain't ready for this. Mm. Y'all ain't ready for this. She did it to go. Y'all ain't ready for this. She did it to go run but she did it to go run. Y'all ain't ready for this. She did it to go bullshit did it to go bullshit. She did it to go home run dick get it to go said it to go dash your father teach us to be the leaders that you called us to be. She did it to go rubber did it goes train us to walk in the word in the fullness that you called us to walk. She did it father we are not to be the the tail but to be the head Father, we are called to be conquerors, Lord. You are training us here on this line to rise up and to go be used by you. We are vessels to be used for the master use. So, Holy Spirit, gird us up, train us to rise up in the authority and the calling that you are calling us to be. We are called to be leaders, Father. We are called to be overcomers. Holy Spirit, begin to move, begin to manifest. Lord, make us uncomfortable. Make us uncomfortable so we can run to you for the strength, Lord. Make us uncomfortable so we can run to you for the anointing and for the word that is required for able to endure to the end. Help us not to faint, not Lord, but to trust and to walk and to become the warriors that you called us to be, Father. We will not back down unless you tell us to back down. We will not submit unless you tell us to submit. Father, we only are. We will rise up in victory. To become the fullness of who you called us to be, Jesus. We are heirs, joint heirs with Christ. You are teaching us, you are training us, and we are receiving that which you've called us to walk in. Oh, Jesus, in your holy name I pray. Oh, Lord, amen. Amen. Ooh, and amen. Mm, mm, mm.
Do not allow your attitudes. Do not allow your attitudes. Okay, now we're going to make this personal. I will not allow my attitudes. I will not allow my attitudes. Or my limited opinion of myself. Or my limited opinion of myself. And my abilities. And my abilities. To keep me from getting things done. I will look at the resources that I have. I will look at the resources that I have. And determine what needs I can meet. And determine what needs I can meet. One person cannot have all the money. All the money. And all the brains. And all the brains. To build an empire. It takes resources. It takes resources. And knowledge. Beyond what one person can muster. Beyond one person can muster. And it takes the ability. It takes the ability. Of someone. Of someone. Who can bring those resources together? Who can bring those, bring resources, those resources together? And I am that someone. And I am that someone. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. God, give me the grace. God, give me the grace to accept with serenity. To accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. Things that cannot be changed. Courage to change. Courage to change. The things which should be changed. The things that should be changed. And wisdom to distinguish the difference. And wisdom to distinguish the difference. Living one day at a time. Living one day at a time. Enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardship heart. as a pathway to peace. As a pathway, as a pathway to peace. Taking as Jesus. Thank you, Mr. Jesus. This sinful world as it is. This sinful world as it is. As I would have it. Trusting that you. Trusting that you. Will make all things right. All things right. If I surrender to your will. So that I may be. I may be. Reasonably happy in this life. And supremely happy with you. Forever in the next one. I'm going to do these last couple. It says, For the Lord thy God bless me. For the Lord thy God bless me. As he has promised me. As he has promised me. And I shall lend unto many nations. And I shall lend unto many nations. But shall not borrow. But shall not borrow. And I shall reign over many nations. And I shall reign over many nations. But they should not reign over me. They should not reign over me. 
He will open up to me. He will open up to me. His wonderful treasury of rain in the heavens. To give me fine crops every season. He will bless everything I do. And I shall lend unto many nations. But shall not borrow from them. I have been young. And now I'm older. I am older. And in all my years, I have never seen the Lord forsake a man who loves him. Nor have I seen the children of the godly go hungry. Instead, the godly are able to be generous with their gifts and loan to others. And their children are a blessing. Praise the Lord. For all who fear God and trust in him are blessed beyond expression. Yes, happy is the man who delights in doing his commands. My children should be honored everywhere for good men's sons have a special heritage. I myself shall be wealthy. And my good deeds will never be forgotten. When darkness overtakes me, light will come bursting in. I am kind and merciful. I am kind and merciful. And all goes well. For me, the generous man, who conducts my affairs, my business fairly, I will not be overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care of me will make a deep impression. On all who see it, I do not fear bad news, nor live in dread of what may happen. Nor live in dread of what may happen, for I am settled in my mind. For I am settled in my mind. That Jehovah will take care of me. Jehovah will take care of me. Thank you, Lord God. That is why I am not afraid. That is why I'm not afraid. But I calmly face my foes. I give generously to those in need. I give generously to those in need. 
My deeds will never be forgotten. Never be forgotten. I have influence and honor. I have influence and honor. Evil minded men will be infuriated. Will be infuriated. When they see all of this. When they see all of this. They will gnash their teeth in anger. They will gnash their teeth in anger. And slink away. And slink away. Thwarted. What? With their hopes thwarted. With their hopes thwarted. All righty. Father God, we thank you for the confession. Just praise the God. Just praise him in your own way right now. Glory, Father. Home brush it goes to the Oh, Holy Spirit, just praise you, worship you. Share the ghost around the Yes, 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 Lord. You're the ghost dish the conduct. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you. Yes, it's time for the reading. That means I guess I need to go get the book and sit down. Here we go. We're at it again. We're moving out. We're moving in. The cross and soul power. In the Gospel of John, the Lord Jesus touches upon soul life once more. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That's 12, 24 to 25. He subsequently gives the explanation with these words, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Verse 32. John 12 records the most prosperous moment of your of John 12 records the most prosperous moment in our Lord's life. Lazarus had been raised from the dead, and many Jews believed in him. Triumphantly, he entered in Jerusalem and was acclaimed by the populace. Even Gentiles sought to see him. From the human viewpoint, Calvary would now seem to be quite unnecessary, but could he not easily attract all men to himself without going to the cross? But he knew better. Although his work appeared to be prosperous, 
he realized he could not grant life to men without his going to death. Mm. Calvary was the only way of salvation. If he died, he would draw all men to himself and could indeed give life to all. In John 12, the Lord explicitly describes the operation of the cross. He compares himself to a grain of wheat. If it does not fall into the earth and die, it remains alone. But if he be crucified and die, he shall impart life to many. The one condition is death. No death, no no other way is there to bear fruit than through death. Our purpose, however, is not simply to learn about the Lord Jesus. We wish beyond this to draw particular attention to his relationship to our soul life. The Lord applies the grain of wheat to himself in verse 24, but in verse 25, he implies that every one of his disciples must follow in his footsteps. He pictures the grain as representing their self-life. Just as a grain is unable to bear fruit unless it dies, so there can be no spiritual fruit until the natural life has been broken through death. Here, he emphasizes the matter of fruitfulness. While the soul life does possess tremendous power, it nevertheless cannot fulfill the work of fruitfulness. All the energies generated in the soul, including talent, gifts, knowledge, wisdom, cannot enable people to bear spiritual The Lord Jesus must die to bear fruit, so also must his disciples die in order to produce fruit. The Lord regards soulish power as of no help to God in his work of fruit bearing. The greatest peril for us in Christian service is to lean upon ourselves and to draw, oh, come on, I got to read that one again. Maybe I'll slow that up a little bit. The greatest peril for us in Christian service is to lean upon ourselves and to draw upon our soul power, upon our talent, gift, knowledge, magnetism, eloquence, or cleverness. And one more time just for the people up in the cheap seats. The greatest peril for us in Christian service is to lean upon ourselves and to draw upon our soul power, upon our talent, our gift, our knowledge, our magnetism, our eloquence, our cleverness. The experience of countless spiritual believers confirms that unless our soulishness is definitely delivered to death and is life at all times inhibited from operating, will be most active in service. If this is true of them, how can this, how, then how can those who are unwilling to yield up or unwatchful in denying their soul life prevent the intrusion of their life? Everything pertaining to our natural life must be handed over to death so that in no sense may we depend upon any of it, but be willing instead to be led through death's darkness of no support, no sensation, no sight, no understanding. Mm. I'm going to read that part again. Everything pertaining to our natural life 
must be handed over to death, so that in no sense may we depend upon any of it, but be willing instead to be led through death's darkness of no support, no sensation, no sight, no understanding, and silently trust God himself to work until we emerge on the other side of resurrection to possess a more glorious life. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Our soul is not annihilated, rather, by passing through death. It affords God an opportunity to communicate his life to us. Not to lose the soul life in death should mean great loss for the believer. But in losing it, he will save it for eternity. Do not misunderstand this verse as signifying the inactivity of our mind and talent. The Lord clearly asserts that in losing our soul life, we will keep it until eternal life. Just as in the simple body might be destroyed, Romans 6 and 6, does not mean the destruction of the hand, feet, ears, and eyes of the human body, so too the committal of the soul life to death must not be construed as connoting the negation or destruction of any of its functions. Even though the body of sin has been destroyed, we still yield our members to God as instruments of righteousness, Romans 6.13. Just so, when natural life is sacrificed to death, we should find renewal, revival, and restraint of the Holy Spirit and all of the faculties of our soul. It cannot therefore imply that henceforth we become wood and stone without feeling, thought, or will, because we must not or cannot use any of the parts of the soul. Every part of the body, as well as every organ of the soul, still exists and is meant to be fully engaged, only now they are being renewed, revived, and restrained by the Holy Spirit. The pointed issue is whether the soul's faculties are to be regulated by natural life or by the supernatural life, which indwells our spirit. These faculties remain as usual. What is unusual now is that the power which formerly activated them has been put to death. The Holy Spirit has made God's supernatural power their life. Let's amplify this subject a bit more. The various organs of our soul continue after the natural life has been relinquished in death. To nail the soul life to the cross does not at all imply that thereafter we should be completely lacking in our thought, emotion, and will. We distinctly read in the Bible of God's thought, intent, desire, satisfaction, love, and joy. Moreover, the scriptures often record that our Lord Jesus loved, rejoiced, was sorrowful. It's even recorded that Jesus wept, that he offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears in Gethsemane's garden. Were his soul faculties annihilated? And do we become cold and dead persons? Man's soul is man's own self. It is where one's personality resides and whence it is expressed. If the soul does not accept power from the spirit life, 
then it will draw its power from living its natural solical life. The soul of a comp- the, co- the soul as a composite of organs continue, but the soul as a life principle must be denied. That power must be consigned to death so that the power of the Holy Spirit alone may operate all the parts of the soul without interference from the natural life. Herein do we see resurrection life. Without the supernatural life of God, there can't be no resurrection after death. The Lord Jesus could go through death and yet be raised because resident in him God is God's uncreated life. This life cannot be destroyed. It instead would always emerge into the fullness and glory of resurrection. Jesus poured out his soul to death and committed his spirit in which was God's life back into the hands of God. His death set him free from soul life and released God's spiritual life into greater splendor. It is difficult indeed to understand why God, upon transmitting his life to us, then requires us to experience co-death with Christ so that his life may be resurrected in us. This is nonetheless God's law of life. And once possessing God's life, we then are empowered to go periodically through death and continue to come out alive. By continuously losing our soul life in death, we may continuously gain more abundantly and gloriously of God's life and resurrection. God's aim is to take our soul life through death in company with his own life in us. Whenever his life in us is resurrected in our daily experience, our soul is also raised with him and produces fruit to eternity. This is one of the most profound lessons in spiritual life. The Holy Spirit alone can unfold to us the necessity of death as well as that of resurrection. May the spirit of revelation make us understand how much our spiritual experience should suffer if we do not hate our natural life and deliver it to death. Only when our soul, accompanied by God's indwelling life, passes through death and resurrection, can we bear spiritual fruit and keep it for a life eternal. All right. All right. So now who wants to recap upon all that? What's that, So who wants to recap everything I just said? Who wants to recap it? Mm-hmm. I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. It says, in the Gospel of John, the Lord touches upon soul life once more. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it, die, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. That's 12, 24 through 25. He subsequently gives the explanation with these words. And when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. John 12 records the most prosperous moment in our Lord's life. Lazarus had been raised from the dead and many Jews believed in him. Triumphantly, he had entered into Jerusalem and was claimed by the populace. Even Gentiles sought to see him. From the human viewpoint, Calvary would now seem to be quite unnecessary, for he could not easily, could, could not easily attract all men to himself without going to the cross. 
but he knew better. Although his work appeared to be prosperous, he realized he could not grant life to all men without his going to death. Calvary was the only way of salvation. If he died, he would draw all men to himself and could indeed give life to all. So that's just, again, how different God's way is compared to our way. He is at the high point of all that he's been working for in man's eyes, in man's understanding. They're finally believing me. They're calling me the king. I, my best friend Nazareth raised from the dead. All, 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 of this, all this is like I finally made it. You know, we're striving on our jobs and our workplace and our families, and we finally get to the point like, yes, they got it. Yes, I'm there. I've arrived. But in his spirit, man, he knew that this is not God's plan. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and I can't even remember who it was, and he was talking about, you know, why is it that, oh, I remember who it was now, why, 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 a friend of theirs said, um, well, I'm going to say the ex-husband had won a substantial amount of money. And they were like, why did God bless him and not me? Why didn't I get the blessing? This happened this way and that happened that way, you know. And I just listened. And then after a while I said, well, see, from our perspective, we call it blessed. And it's natural. And, and, and I'm not knocking that. Yeah, if I won a lot of money, I yeah, I got blessed. But see, the, uh, what did I just talk about earlier about being derailed? The devil will give you a million dollars. If you know it's going to take you to hell, he don't care. A lot of these singers and actors and people who've gotten all, a lot of the claim and fame, not only do they go there, but they lead a lot of others with them. So the enemy has no all. No, no, oh, it's going to bless you? Fine. It's going to bless you to, to, to come to me quicker? Fine. And bring a lot of others with you? Fine. So, again, God's way of understanding and doing things is quite different than man's. And I'm going to just leave that there. In John 12, the Lord explicitly describes the operation of the cross. He compares himself to a grain of wheat. If it does not fall into the earth and die, it remains alone. But if he be crucified and die, he shall impart life to many. The one condition is death. No death, no fruit. No other way is there to bear fruit than through death. We want to attain, we want to do this, we want that, this, that, and t'other. But we don't want to die. Okay. I'm going I'm to I'm break it even easier. Okay. I want to have the money. I want to have the, be the great, I was talking to somebody else. I want to be the athlete. I, I want this kind of lifestyle. Well, I don't want to study 13 hours a day. A lot of them athletes, they up at 4 o'clock in the morning, 4 and 5 in the morning, and, and, and going big home at 7 and 8, exercising, working, training. I don't want to do that. I just want the lifestyle. I don't, I don't want to go to school. Erica's in school. School, work, school, work, school, work. She ain't got time for a boyfriend. Oh, she's going to cuss me out. <laughs> okay, but see, I'm talking again. 
we don't want to die. So now that's just in the natural. We have to deny ourselves in the natural to attain that lifestyle, that money, that job or whatever, to attain those things that we would desire to do. So now, why do you think it's not going to be the same way in the spiritual? I'm going to just leave that there. Our purpose, however, is not simply to learn about the Lord Jesus. We wish beyond this to draw particular attention to its relationship to our soul life. The Lord applies the grain of wheat to himself in verse 24. But in verse 25, he implies that everyone, that's you, Renee, you, Arthur, Erica, Marie, and me, and whoever else is listening, I don't know your name or just ain't say it, that every one of us must follow in his footsteps. He pitches the grain as a representing the self-life. Just as a grain is unable to bear fruit unless it dies, so there can be no spiritual fruit until the natural life has been broken through death. Here he emphasizes the matter of fruitfulness. While the soul life does possess tremendous power, it nevertheless cannot fulfill the work of fruit bearing. All the energies generated in the soul, including talent, gift, knowledge, wisdom, cannot enable believers to bear spiritual fruit. If the Lord Jesus must die to bear fruit, so also must his disciples die in order to produce fruit. The Lord regards soulish power as a no help to God in his work of fruit bearing. Now, as I was saying this, I know Maria can relate to this. Arthur, I know you can too. I mean, all of us can, but I know these two can relate to it even more so. You got somebody who's got the, all his talent. They can go to a, a regular concert or whatever, and they can sing. But when it comes to a gospel song or a spiritual song, it's like it's missing something. See, they got the talent, but they don't have the anointing. But you take somebody who has that anointing, and they might not even be able to sing as good as that talented person, but that anointing of Christ begins to break. That anointing of God begins to break yoke. You can begin to feel the power of God. The Holy Spirit just begins to saturate the atmosphere, and people begin to praise Him because that person is anointed. So that's just an aspect of the talents that we walk in and are given. And see, they are talented to do what they're doing, and it's a, it's a wonderful thing, but are they anointed by God? That's another thing. All right, man. And I'm going to leave that there. Anthony, you did Yeah. <laughs> the truth is being spoken. Mm. It says, the greatest peril for us in Christian service is to lean upon ourselves and to draw upon our soul power, upon our talent, our gift, our knowledge, our magnetism, our eloquence, or our cleverness. The experience of countless spiritual believers confirms that unless our soulishness is definitely delivered to death and is life at all times inhibited from operating, 
it will be most active in service. If this is true of them, then how can those who are unwilling to yield up or unwatchful in denying their soul life prevent the intrusion of their life? Everything pertaining to our natural life must be handed over to death so that no sense may we depend upon any of it, but be willing instead to be led through death's dark, darkness of no support, no sensation, no sight, no understanding, and silently trust God himself to work until we emerge on the other side of resurrection to possess a more glorious life. That is self-Jesus. The greatest peril is we walking in ourselves. See, it comes to me real quickly when when the uh, what was the, the brothers, the seven brothers or whatever, went to try to throw some demons out of somebody, and the spirit said, "Well, Jesus, we know, and Paul, we heard of. Who the hell are you?" See, they were trying to walk in themselves. They saw this, their eloquence. So, so evidently, you know, they were just being people. I can do that. Oh, that's great. But they didn't understand that in order to do that, you have to deny yourself. And see, see, I mentioned earlier, I, I can't remember, anyway, about us being trained. See, a lot of times God will give you that desire. Oh, I can do that. Oh, that would be like, oh, I would like to walk. Oh, and see, that's the initial stage. That's that seed that's inside of you being planted or being stirred. So that, 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 that you know, I want to do that. I can see myself doing that. Oh, wow. That's that seed being stirred. And God says, yes. Yes, you can. But now I got to train you. He spoke something to me, and I hope I'm going to be able to hold myself in the process of me saying this. But you know you know how it is. You're going, you're doing something, and all of a sudden you start to meditate and thinking about something. And he told me, he said, son, I had to put your business to death. And when I started thinking and listening to him, he had to put it to death so that he could bring it to life. See, that was me... Things that I heard and work and operate, and it's still a struggle for me. Trust and believe. But but God said, because see, I need you to bear fruit. See, He gave me the desire to walk in the business arena. He began to show me books. I began to study, and I began. But you know, I you know, I like to say, I, I, my journey. I like, Lord, I see, I see, I see. But yet, still, I have not achieved. I've told others, and they have gone out and done much more than what I've done. Lord, why? And He told me, Son, I had to put your business to death. But now I'm raising it up again in me. Now I'm raising up on the solid fire. Now you're going to bear fruit for my kingdom. Because, see, everything that I would have done would have been for Sam Farley. Yes, look what I've done. I achieved. But God said, no, what you're doing now is for me, son. What you're doing now is for my kingdom work. What you're doing now, you're going to bear fruit in others' lives, son. And see, that's the, see I, and that's the same thing with you. He's giving you desire. He's giving you desire to go forth, but he's got to take that desire and train it. And he's going to, look, he's going to pummel it out of you. He's going to beat it out. He's going to do whatever is needed so that it will die. 
but it's dying to yourself. It's dying to your understanding so that he might live. And I'm going to keep reading. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Our soul is not annihilated. Rather, by passing through death, it affords God an opportunity to communicate his life to us. Oh, did y'all, did y'all hear that? Because, see, I think y'all, now I want you to reflect upon the hell you're going through or you went through or the things you've just been like, Lord, why? Our soul is not annihilated. Rather, by passing through death, it affords God an opportunity to communicate his life to us, to connect, to speak, to grab hold, to try his word and see that it's real. Oh, I got your attention now. Oh, you're really going to pay attention to my word. Oh, you're really eating my word. Oh. Oh, look at what we do when we're going through hell. Look at what we do when we hit a hard spot. Look at what we do when all of a sudden all hell breaks in our life. We run to God like 40 going north. You know why? Because we can't, we can't handle it. We overcome. These people ain't right. The situation ain't right. And God is going, yes, thank you. You're finally getting it, little hard-head sheep. He calls us sheep because we are dumb animals. And I'm going to keep reading. Our soul is not annihilated, rather, by passing through death before God's opportunity to communicate his life to us. Not to lose the soul life and death should mean great loss for the believer. But in losing it, he will save it for eternity. Do not misunderstand this verse as signifying the inactivity of our mind and talent. The Lord clearly asserts that in losing our soul life, we will keep it unto eternal life. Just as the sinful body might be destroyed in Romans 6 and 6, does not mean the destruction of the hands, feet, ears, and eyes of the human body. So, too, the committal of the soul life to death must not be construed as connoting the negation or the negation of or destruction of any of its function. Even though the body of sin has been destroyed, we still yield our members to God as instruments of righteousness in Romans 6.13. Just so when natural life is sacrificed to death, we should find renewal, revival, and restraint of the Holy Spirit and all the faculties of our soul. It cannot therefore imply that henceforth we become wood and stone without feeling, thought, or will, because we must not or cannot use any parts of the soul. Every part of the body as well as every organ of the soul still exists and is meant to be fully engaged. Only now they are being renewed, revived, and restrained by the Holy Spirit. The point of issue is whether the soul's faculties are to be regulated by our natural life or the supernatural life which indwells our spirit. These faculties remain as usual. What is unusual now is that the power which formerly activated them has been put to death. The Holy Spirit has made God's supernatural power their life. So, to put it simple, the only difference between whether or not we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us 
or our own natural life to work through us. The only thing is a choice. It's just that simple. Now, when you make that choice to submit, then the processes begin to go because you're not going to jump from point A to point Z overnight. You're not going to get to the point where I'm just walking in the Lord Jesus and I just don't do this. See, for even me talking like that, you can tell that yourself. You don't get to that point. It's a process. It's continuously. It's precept upon precept, line upon line, as the word of God begins to grow inside of you. So it's a choice that started long ago. Because in all honesty, it's a choice. If you hadn't made long ago, you wouldn't be on this line today. I wouldn't be on this line today. It's a choice when this line first started from me calling everybody, which was getting on my nerves, to the point where, where when it shifted from me, me calling everybody to everybody calling in, it was a choice. We went from about 30 people down to 10. I laughed. But it was a choice. It's a choice that when we started getting to these calls to the extended amount of time that they're going now, it's a choice. The choice started long ago, but it's a process as we continue to yield, as we continue to let the Lord grow in us, as we continue to grow. And we still and the thing what happens is the more you begin to see and to recognize, you begin to see, you know what, I'm real filthy. See, when we were back there in our filthiness and our foolishness, we was, we, was, we was just loving it. We enjoyed it. But now as we're growing up, we're beginning to say, oh, God, oh, Jesus, I'm, oh, Lord. That's why it's hard for us to see us walking in what God's calling us to do. Really, Lord, me? That's why it's hard to see where, where God, see, God is the Alpha and the Omega, the Alpha and the Finish of our faith. He sees us at our finished state. That's why it's hard because we realize we look, the more that we get closer to him, the more we see that we're filthy, that we're dirty. And you want me to do what, Lord? You calling me to do this, God? But you got to recognize he's seeing us through his son. He's seeing us as a finished product. And I'm going to keep reading. Let us amplify this subject a little bit more. The various organs of our soul continue after the natural life has been relinquished in death. To nail the soul life to the cross does not at all imply that thereafter we shall be completely lacking in our thought, emotion, and will. We distinctly read in the Bible of God's thought, intent, desire, satisfaction, love, and joy. Moreover, the scriptures often record that our Lord Jesus loved, rejoiced, was sorrowful. It's even recorded that Jesus wept, that he offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears in Gethsemane's garden. Were his soul faculties annihilated? Do we become cold and dead persons? Man's soul is man's own self. It is where one personality resides and whence it is expressed. If the soul does not accept power from the spirit life, then it will draw its power from life living in its natural solical life. The soul as a composite of organs continues, but the soul as a life principle must be denied. That power must be consigned to death 
so that the power of the Holy Spirit alone may operate all the parts of the soul without interference from the natural life. So it's real simple. The soul is going to grab life from somewhere. It's going to grab it from what it's used to, what we know of and what we've been doing, or we begin to make a choice, then literally we force it into submission and allow the spirit to feed it. So now I got a joke. Now again, I don't force feed anybody. I had years of force feeding anybody. Now I guess I'm force feeding myself. I don't have the energy to force feed anybody outside of my household. On this line, we force feed each other. That's the purpose of this line. Outside that, now understand what I'm saying about force feeding. That means making you swallow something you don't want to swallow, making you hear something you don't want to hear, making you do something you don't want to do. That's what I mean by force feeding. When I get out there, I'll give the word. I'll say a word if somebody was open to it or the Holy Spirit. Now, if the Holy Spirit leads me to deal with somebody, that's a whole total other subject. I'm not always have to be led by the Spirit. But as a whole, because if you're not ready to receive it, then fine. But then I also recognize that as opportunities to drop seeds in people's lives. It's not being cold. You're recognizing where someone's at. And you drop a seed. It's not nine times out of ten. You probably won't even be there to see the harvest. That was not your purpose. Your purpose is to drop a seed and keep moving. Herein, do we see resurrection life? Without the supernatural life of God, there can't be no resurrection after death. The Lord Jesus could, not, could go through death and yet be raised because resident in him is God's uncreated life. This life cannot be destroyed. It instead will always emerge into the fullness and glory of resurrection. Jesus poured out his soul to death and committed his spirit, in which was God's life, back into the hands of God. His death set him free from soul life and released God's spiritual life into greater splendor. It is difficult indeed to understand why God upon us transmitted his life to us, then requires us to experience co-death with Christ, so that his life may be resurrected in us. This is nonetheless God's law of life. And once possessing God's life, we then are empowered to periodically go through death and continue to come out alive. By continuously losing our soul life in death, we may continuously gain more abundantly and gloriously of God's life and resurrection. God's aim is to take our soul life through death in company with his own life in us. Whenever his life in us is resurrected in our daily experience, our soul is also raised with him and produces fruit to eternity. This is one of the most profound lessons in spiritual life. The Holy Spirit alone can unfold to us the necessity of death as well as that of resurrection. May the spirit of resurrection, spirit of revelation make us understand how much our spiritual experience should suffer if we do not hate our natural life and deliver to death. Only when our soul, accompanied by God's indwelling life, passes through death and resurrection can we bear spiritual fruit and keep it for life eternal. And that is our lesson for today. Comments, questions, criticism, conclusions?
Having the ability and the mindset of a honeybee? A honeybee? Yeah. What do you mean? Okay, with the honeybee, its purpose is to go through it and um, pollinate. And so right now, there's a, they're, they're in danger because they're not getting with these GMO plants. But if we don't have them for pollination, that's killing off the the living on Earth. So just like you said, you go out, and you spread the word. They go out and they spread, they 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 spread pollen. They spread a form of crazy light. And if they're not there, then they won't be able to go out and do what they do. So in order for God's will to go ahead and flourish and to grow, not only do you have to plant seeds, but you also got to go ahead and knock some of that pollen off on you off of somebody else. All right. Pollinate, pollinate, pollinate. There you go. All righty then. Prayer request, prayer request, prayer request. Hey, don't let Arthur go first today. You gonna let Arthur go first today? Yeah. Since he was such a gentleman yesterday. Because what? Since he was such a gentleman yesterday. He was a gentleman. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Oh. And people thought Shivery was dead. Yeah. All right, you. One second. You there, Mr. Richardson? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. All right, Mr. Richardson. I'm going to let a song play, and then I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to pray for y'all. Is that all right with y'all? Well, thank you. What'd you say? Hmm? What'd you say, Renee? I said, thank you. Much obliged. Oh, oh, okay. Because <laughs> we're going to go to the southern end. Okay. Push. Can't imagine how it felt as you lay there. Through the dark, through the heat, through the cold. With your friend by your side Held his hand and watched him die And you cried as you prayed for his soul I can't imagine how it felt as you stood there Through the 
Hey, Arthur, you still there? Someone what he does. Samuel. What's the swap song? Let me see if I get him on the south side. All right, I don't know what happened. Anybody else get kicked off, or was it just me? Oh, it was just you, because um, we but sister um, ek ekw that's Erica King Willa. Willa. She says she 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 could take prayer, and if you need her to call in, she will do so. Oh, okay. She needs to get you. You need to get her on the phone. But she could take a little prayer. She could take a little prayer. She could take a little prayer. All right. Well, tell her call on the end here. Well, I'm sure she's here. She, she's on the call. <laughs> okay. She's on the computer. All right. Can you call the EKW? <laughs> but basically, that's what I was just kind of telling you. So, anyways, that's kind of how it evolved. So, uh, we'll be fasting. I'd say basically, you know, started out for for my personal health reasons, but it kind of evolved. So Wednesday or midnight Tuesday to midnight Wednesday will be fasting. I'm doing straight water, um, but you all can talk to God, the Holy Spirit, and let him guide you about what and how, when, and where, and why. So she, she's on now. Um, she said, okay, but look, um, you said midnight Tuesday to midnight Wednesday. Uh-huh, 20, like 24 hours. Okay, that, that, that's cool. That's doable. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, what was that again, Tony? Huh? I just called the 24-hour thing. What about it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Tuesday to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 24 hours. Like Wednesday night.
All right, so I'm gonna pray. Okay, something must have happened to my phone because the TV's not doing what it's supposed to do. So, okay, let me turn it off and turn it back on because it's all like bundle thing. Because I knew I heard something, and then I just kept talking. Next thing I know, I heard a. Oh really? Yeah. Hear none of that. So that's good. Okay, Father God, with a bush, you can rush to go say she to Rombokranda, she to go say she to Rombaka, she to go say she to Rombaka, Bush to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to Rombranda, go say she to Rombaka, Boroshe, she to Gadash, to go say she to Rombaka, she to go say she to Rombaka, Boroshe, she to go say she to go say she to go say to Combraka, did a good day, did a good day, did a good day, Boroshan, did a good say, Shindan, did a good saha. Yep, okay. That's what I was. Just trying to verify. Now, he'd been speaking to this earlier. There's an anointing for the power of God on this line right now. Just yield if you would desire for it to enter into your life. Mm. Just say, yes, Lord. Come in. Yes, Lord. Come in. Come in. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yes, yeah, come on. Ooh, yes, Lord. Ooh, Lord Jesus, yes. 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 Thank you, God. Yes. Oh, follow God. Mm. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Yaraku. Transforming power of God in your life. Transforming power of God in your life. Mm. Thank you, Father. Yes. Amen. Wow. Wow. Right there, that's it. Right, that's it. Right there, that's it. Right there, that's it. Right, that's it. Right there, that's it. Right there, that's it. Right there. 
Shakala. That's it right there. Right there. That's it right. Oh, Jesus. That's it right there. Oh, yeah. Y'all connected now. Y'all got it now. Y'all got it now. Mm. Y'all can't stop it if you wanted to. It's in there now. Yeah, yeah. It's released. It's releasing, 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 it's releasing. Yep, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. Just nod, shout, praise, yes, whatever you want, whatever you feel. That's it right there. You got it. You got it. Just shit it. There it is. It's penetrating, penetrating power. Penetrating power. Oh, that's it. There you go. Oh, yes. Amen. All righty. Well, who wants to go? Oh, Jesus. Let this marinate because it ain't done yet. It's more powerful than I thought. This ain't quite done yet. Mm. This ain't quite done yet. We done opened up a doorway, people. We done opened up a doorway, people. It ain't done yet. We done opened up a doorway, people. Mm. Doorway. Mm. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Shit it a that's it right there. There it is. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. That's it. It's flowing in. It's flowing in. It's taking over. This is taking over. This is taking over. It's going to push the other stuff out the way. This is taking over. This is It's pushing the other stuff out the way. It's coming in. Push it. Claiming it. It's taking over. It's taking over. It's pushing the other stuff out of the way, saying, this is my domain. This is my territory. This is where I'm residing. Boom, shaka. This gift has just landed inside of your spirit. And it's saying, this is the area that I'm going to operate in. Hosha, this said, this is the arena that I'm going to operate in. And I'm going to begin to train you how to walk in that level of authority in your life. I'm going to begin to I'm going to begin to train you how to manage. Manifest the gifting and the power of God in your life. You will stand firm in the principles and the word of God as I show you, says the Holy Spirit. You will not be moved by life, situations, circumstances. You will speak to the storm and it will obey because I'm training you to walk in that level of anointing in your life. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. Wow. Mmm. Oh. Mm. 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 
so funny that you say that, you know, I've been listening, but just, you know, as you can hear all my rattling in the background, you know, this morning, well, Jayla has a friend from Chicago who flew in, which she had planned, she's been dealing with some personal stuff at home, she's from, you know, she attends school with them, anyway, you know, um, she was supposed to come here to spend some time with them, you know, just the weekend with Jayla and, like, maybe four or five other people that they, you know, that they're in school with together. So two the girl she was supposed to be staying with flaked out on her at the last minute and said that her mom said that she couldn't stay there. Um So she called Jayla, and because of what she's dealing with, she, you know, still wanted to come to Atlanta, but she was just trying to figure something out. You know, Jayla being the compassionate person that she is, um, you know, since she's been with her dad, decided that she was going to ask her dad, because she was supposed to go to Alabama with him this weekend, but she, you know, because her friend is in dire straits or in need or whatever, um, Jayla decided not to go with her dad and ask her dad if it was okay for her to stay with them. Well, of course, he had to, you know, say he would consult with his wife. Nonetheless, it panned out for her to stay with them. Well, her dad left yesterday, but Jayla asked the girl to just take the MARTA because, you know, Jayla, she drives, but going into the airport and all that, she didn't want to do. So she asked her to take the MARTA, you know, the train from the airport to right down the street from my house and Jayla pick her up. Well, the girl's plane was delayed um, multiple times, and she actually got in at 2 o'clock this morning. <laughs> so, you know, Jayla was just going to, you know, when she came to the train station down the street from us, you know, by where Jayla attended high school, Jayla was just going to pick her up. They are going to spend the night, you know, with me last night. And the girl got in at 2, so Jayla was getting ready to go to the airport, and I guess she thought about it for whatever reason. And she woke me up, and she was like, Mom, can you go to the airport with me, you know, to pick her up? And I was like, oh, God, I looked at the clock. It was like 2.20-something. I was like, really? You know, I was asleep. I thought the girl had gotten here already. But nonetheless, I got up. I said, yeah, I got up. And when I, I lied to you not, when I stepped outside of my door, Sam, it was just something spiritually that had me in prayer from the time I walked out my door while I was driving till I came back home. Mm. And, I mean, I just prayed in the spirit as I, I mean, the whole trip to pick the girl up to come back. 
And I was like, Lord, I don't even know what it is, but I can't. I just, you know, prayed the whole trip. I was like, Lord, what is it? What is it? And from that point, when I got back home, I I did not sleep easy for the rest of you know until I got up this morning. It was I literally had to drag to get up this morning because I was like, Lord, I'm so tired because I tossed and turned all night. I was fine before Jay woke me up to say go to the airport with her. And I was glad she woke me up because, you know, even her and Punch, the way my spirit felt when I stepped outside the house, even when my spirit felt was like, you know, they shouldn't have been outside trying to go to the airport at 2 o'clock in the morning, not then. So I don't know what it is. Have you ever thought about it? The Lord woke you up because he wanted that time to commune with you. He knew that you weren't going to have the time to actually give him your full and the whole heart your undivided attention this day. So he had to get it when he can get it. You know, but this is kind of strange this morning. So I woke up. I got on the call. The exterminator had already been here. I was wondering if it was just coming because I had not mopped the floor or anything. <clears throat> the moment I got on the call, I just got busy. And I had to start mm-hmm. I praying for my spirit as prayer, connected to call. I know he calls for the uh, uh, different areas where we pray for and things that are making. And my intention, my, my mind was to, to, to turn in and to pray. But I thank God for using him to the level to it. That he did, but he conducted everything without fear, without reservation. And the whole time I'm looking into the success, and I definitely had to get out of the contest, and definitely the Lord allowed me to see. And it's like things just started moving in my faith. I don't, you know, I don't say this, but I feel it in my spirit. I don't know if it's moving in my spirit. It's just moving in my faith. And you know, it's just it's 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 just it's just wonderful to even just to be in the presence of the Lord. And it's, it's such an honor that He even invites us and allows us to come and get the fuck and just feed off his, from His table, His spiritual food that gives us life, life everlasting, life that is promised to the entire to and throughout the ages, even when we leave this earth. The promises you just know. And I just got to clean it. I got to clean it. I started wiping dishes. I started mopping floors. I mopped the bed. I mopped the kitchen. I cleaned up the bathroom. I even washed the towel. Stuff I don't even do. Mm-hmm. And, it just, and, and I'm like, you know what? You got me doing stuff I don't do. And then I'm like, okay, have your way. Have your way. See, I just got to clean and try to clean everything that needs to be cleaned. And so God, I'm just crazy because he, I guess he had me to clean it up the house so he can get some of that old trash out so that he can come in and uh. it. And all that old, old stuff that had me up the world. And I had
That could very well be it. I don't doubt it. I just know it's just strange. Thank you. And, you know, then it fell on my heart this morning when I got up to go to work. And I kind of ministered to this child about something, Jesus. I was like, Lord, does it ever stop? I don't even remember meeting this girl. Jayla said, you met her, Mom, when you came to visit me. Okay, well, all right. Sure. I said the Lord told me this morning I need to. He said to you for a reason. Huh? He said to you for a reason. Oh, yeah, I know that. I'm just like, Lord, Lord. You need to minister to the girl or to Jayla or both? (laughs) To the the girl. Oh. About ministering to the girl, do you not feel like you're ministering also to Jayla? Oh, I'm sure I will. Yeah. You might not actually say any words to the girl, but the words that you say to the girl, you're actually speaking them to Jayla. Um, you know, I find that I find myself in the, in, in the, being receiving the blessings. Even as Sam, or even as you, or as some of the others say, I'm just telling y'all, y'all, y'all say y'all ministering to that person on their behalf. Say, for instance, you're standing in, in agreement for a breakthrough for all of us, or you might even specifically kind of just praying for uh, the Lord's hand to move upon Maria. If actually I receive that prayer, and it comes up to me. Mm. Can I go ahead and play that quick? I think you gave me permission to. If you can see the front of your family and get started, here's what you're doing. Father God, Lord Jehovah, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the new opportunities. We thank you for the new life that you have given each and every one of us. Father God, this has been a day of worship, a day of praise, a day of celebration in you, Lord God. Thanking you for the mighty works and for giving us of the many shortcomings of the areas we have found. Father God, we can get on this call and, Lord God, we find ourselves struggling. Father God, even as Sam brought it back to the memory, I forgot, Lord God, that even in my prayer for yesterday that I could, he's making it 16 and 6. 
God, we trusted in you, Lord God, to make a mighty move, God, upon our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Oh, Sam, I'm ready for mine. I'm ready. I was gonna tell you go ahead and pray for everybody else. You's on the road, bro. <laughs> no, I'm I, I right now I'm in need for mine. I hate to be selfish. I hate to be greedy. I no problem. Like I'm just like a baby at the candy store. I want my sucker. I want my sucker. I want my sucker. You when you drive up to the bank, they used to give you a lot of pop. I want mine. Okay. No problem. Father God, let take him in the power of your might, Lord. Take him in the power of your light, Lord. Take him in the power of your might, Lord. Take him in the power of your might, Lord. Take him in the power of your might, Lord. Take him in the power of your might, Lord. Take him, love on him, relinquish him, train him, increase in him. Father God, reveal to him who. Jesus name I 
pray. Amen. 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 I know I won't pray. All right. All right, Father God, I'm going to lift up Aresia, EKW. Borashi Shirin Kuhorobasha Shirikose 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 Yaraka, Father, keep her, keep her in peace, keep her in perfect peace, Lord, keep her in perfect peace, Father, Mm-mm-mm. in the midst of it all, Lord, keep her in peace, in the midst of it all, Father, mm. cause a stirring to go forth in her life. That she will seek and trust herself, not yet. Forth in her life, as you continuously love on her and lead her. Go forth in her life. God is mighty way. Father God, let the anointing of Christ all that needs. She can do that, what you call it. In the name I pray. Amen. 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 All right, who else? Could you... Um... Her name is Faith Jones. I don't know what the issue is, but she asked for prayer. Is it Faith Jones? Faith Jones. Okay. Isn't that the still my night? Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Uh Father God, let me lift up Faith Jones. Bora she shit a co rumbo shit a co se shit a co se shit and dirty co senda. Bora she shit shit and dirty co se shit shit and dirty co senda rasta co senda. Bora she shit and brush the co se shit shit a co senda ka. She can't hear because there's just too much going on. Mm. Too much going on, and her head is confounded and confused. So she can't clearly see. The Lord is trying to reveal to her. 
Yo, know, go that that shit up for Father God. Give her the strength and the peace that she needs so she can go down the avenues you want her to go down. Father God, help her to hear from you and to seek you more than she has before. Holy Spirit, gird and stir her up. Gird and stir her up as you use her in a mighty, mighty way. Help her to seek you and to move in all of your provision and not in herself. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Um, and, um, um, Kenneth Perry. Yeah. I don't know. Either.
as I was told, um, said that she was, you know, was, you know, crying out to the Lord, you know, why, you know, um, he had taken her son because she just lost, she lost two of her other son prior to him. Wow. And um, I was told, and her son did, um, she passed out. Uh, collapsed. I think she called the, you know, ambulance or something. But in the meantime, she had passed out. She um, was unconscious when they got there, and they resuscitated her, but she also passed. Wow. Yeah. So. Okay, then. Okay then. So you said Rita Simmons? Frida. Frida Simmons. Yeah, she's the daughter. live in the same household. Amen. I said, do they live in the same household or do you know? Who, the mother? The mother, the daughter, and the son. Oh, uh, well, I, I don't know. I know the mother and the son did. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a lot to swallow. <laughs> right. So I know they're preparing for a double funeral, so I don't actually say. Wow. Mm. All righty then. All right, Brother Richardson, somebody you want me to pray for? Yes, there's two. First, I would like to pray for my uncle, Jimmy Jennings, who had a stroke on both sides of his throat, and they had to put a feeding tube in him. That's my mom's oldest brother that's here in Alabama. Um, You could take him on first. All right. Father God, I want to lift up Jimmy Jennings. Mm. 
Is he saved, or do you know? I can't say whether he. I know he's been baptized as a youth. Huh? All I can say is he's been baptized as a youth. I don't know about how where his soul is centered in the Lord. Right. He got a lot of hard hardness and stubbornness and rebellion. Which is allowing the enemy to abuse, to beat up on them like that. Um, love, uh, Lord, you say love covers a multitude of sins. Holy Spirit, you know what is needed in order to break these yokes off of his life. Minister to him and pour out your anointing over him, Father, and receive what you have for him, Lord. Let him not be bound but be able to rise up over and above all. Oh, his environment must change in order for that to happen, though. There's so much that's going on. Mm. So, Father God, just love on him. Love on him. And love on him. In Jesus' name I say amen. Amen. And um, Mary Ann, that's my cousin, that's... Um, Yes, Hotchkiss is coming out to see her. To marry who? Mary Ann Tippins. Mary Ann Tippins? Tippins, P-I-P-P-E-N-S. Pimpins with the P. Pimpins? <laughs> yep, yeah, Pimpins. Yeah, that too, if that helps you. Uh-huh. No, no, it's pressure, my girl. You got an IEP. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank and the last one is Miss Clara Neely. She's our church mother. She had to have surgery yesterday. She's, what, 90-plus years old, and she's been married to her husband 77, 78 years. Wow. They have, they have no children, no children at all. Mm. Wow. All right, Father. Let me play for Clara Levy. Shira Conra, Shira Gose, Shira Rokombraka, Shira Gose, Shira Rokombraka. Rombaka Shirikoshin Randakoshin De Shiriko Rombaka Handi Shiriko Randakada Horombaka Shirikeshi De Yerakum Rombo Seke Yarakasan De Yorombrode Holy Spirit Shandrasike Shandarukusada Shindurukose Yes Father for the calling for the anointing for the direction for the strength Yarakusa Father God continue let your word increase in her heart Cover, 
deeper. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Anybody else? That's tiring right there. Hmm? I said, that's tiring right there. Oh, really? You know one thing about it, family. You very tired. I love your spirit and I. Huh? I said, I love your spirit, although I may not like you. <laughs> hey, Sam? Huh? Pray for Shanice. Shanice? Yeah. I don't pray for Shanice. <laughs> All right. Father God, we thank you for this word of God. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father We thank you, Father Continue, Father, to cut our cover. Love on us, and Love on the Lord, and Love on the Father, Love on the Lord, and Love on the Father. Change her heart, she increasing her spirit, soul, and body. Love on us, with the love of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Well, then we all will go and get it together. And together, I feel. And I can see just me and that will reach your hands up to the Lord because you never ask for prayer when you do your Even that I call the last thing, Lord God, like a child. 
All that stuff that you practice on the list to get through, you got to go back to the beginning because you have to, you know, eat it and feed on it, you know, all the time, repeatedly. And I must say, concur and say amen to that because, you know, like I said, I've read the Bible and I've read it probably two two times and doing the, when you get through that, Lord, what do you want me to do? Go back again. What do you want me to do, Lord? Go right back to where you started. Go back to start. You know, there's something something else that I got for you. But I couldn't give it to you all at one time because you weren't ready for it. You weren't ready for it. Yes, yes. But then it, but but then again, you appreciate even the more as you go back and start over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. I was just like, Lord, I know you got the strength of me because you got me on a a journey. You're talking about a job. You're talking about a job, Jesus. (laughs) But you know what? The best thing about it, when we do it willingly, instead of him having to knock us down to get our attention, it's so much easier. Yeah, you ain't lying about that one. Yes, you know, just like the Israelites, they could have been in the promised land, but they grumbled and they mumbled and they complained, they grunt, they groaned. And then the sad part about it, they, but they saw the hand of God actually moving. Mm-hmm. But we got faith in what we have read about the hand of God moving in our lives. They saw mm-hmm. God. Um, Leave him in the day by a, by a cloud and then by a pillar of fire. Not they but we read about this and we know what God could do. So God counted favorable to us because He already told us, "Blessed are those who believe and have not seen." Thank you, Lord God, for letting us open our eyes. Because I, even you know, my 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 sister's half sister who, at one time she was she was living in Ohio, she accepted the Lord. The Lord delivered her from addiction of cigarette smoke and things of that nature. Then the next thing I know, she switched over. She started walking on the dark side of life, and she got her a little lover. Then she just switched back over. Now she got her a man. So I, I haven't spoken with her in a couple of years. And then we was talking. And she said, Auntie, we haven't spoken in the last long time. I'm practicing boots now. It's okay. <laughs> I'm like, huh? <laughs> How can you teach the Lord to go to Google? But then so many people do. And it's just amazing how people be, be easily swayed by anything that they hear that somebody else has said. I I can't just get there and do no Buddhist chant because that, that ain't God. I'm not what? fixing to buy down to no graven image and no statues and Things of that nature. But so I thank God for my stupidity within Him that my faith is not easily wasted because of either wind that blows. 
Well, you know, I'm going to say this, and Lord, if I'm wrong, somebody please let me know. You know, I went to a session yesterday. The reason I wasn't on the call, I had to attend, you know, I signed up to attend a session, you know, dealing with emotions and, you know, and feelings and things of that nature. And, you know, one of the things the lady did was talk about um, Buddhism. I think a lot of things that she said was very beneficial, but um, she talked about Buddhism. And even in um, my, you know, schooling this go round, they, they, I hear a lot of things about, well, not a lot, but I've heard enough about um, Buddhism and the practices. And basically, again, they they are they have taken some Christian principles, you know, from the Bible, and they adapt them to uh, a way that they prefer to deal with things. And when I look at Buddhism, I see people doing chanting, things of a relaxation and meditating um, thing. And so it it really it's just really it seems as if it's it's prone to teach them or to um how not to be stressed and so I don't know if it's um how should I say it they don't necessarily deal with issues they just it's like you you know instead of looking at the glasses half full look at it as half empty you know, it's like this calming type of thing, and sometimes that can deter you from seeing things as they truly are. It will prevent you from looking at, you know, uh, dealing with issues head on. So, and I think people choose other ways, you know, because it. Does, it's not conducive with the way they think as opposed to how they are spiritually, you know, made up or indoctrinated or however you want to say it. So I think they flip and flop based on their personal uh, feelings, thoughts, and ideas of how they feel more comfortable with communicating and dealing with their issues and thing and, and just life in general. You know, and you know, if I go back to Dr. Thomas with uh, Christianity and other religions, you know, it basically is uh, a tradition based on culture. You know, the different religions, right? Based on how they, their custom and their way of living and how they see things. Yeah, yeah, some people practice yoga. Mm-hmm. And that's considered Buddhist, too, if I'm not mistaken. I would think so, too. That's a form of, uh, you know, Buddhism. You know what, though, as you were talking, and it's funny, is and, and as we're learning, okay, so now when God is asking us to do something, which is according to his rules and regulations, but it conflicts with our own desires, 
then we'll be easily led astray to to another form of doctrine, ritual, religion, mm-hmm. not of God. Because, mm-hmm. because if we, again, we don't want to put our soul or our flesh life to death. Right. Right. You know, I'm, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I had to be mm, about 20, I don't know, 4, 25, 26, somewhere up in there. And I was pra- um, I was not practicing, but I, uh, you know how different people come by and knock on your door. So it was these two uh, guys. You know, I think I, they came by my house. I think I saw them at my job when I was living in Demopolis, and um, they came by, and they wanted to, you know, study with me. And, you know, they were Mormons, you know, and um, they came by. And we went through, you know, I studied with them, that, you know, once a week. I found it interesting, you know, uh, to see, you know, how they practice, how they worship, and, you know, um, you know, that type of stuff. And um, so we, you know, I, I studied with them for weeks, and I forgot, I can't remember the specifics, but come to find out they studied with you for so long, um, after a while, after so many sessions, they have a set number of sessions, and after you study with them it's session number six, ten, whatever it is, that they expect you to join uh, their faith. Um, and okay. so... By now, then we're gone. <laughs> right. So, you know, I told them, you know, I talked to them, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that this was, you know, what we were working towards because I told them I wasn't joining them. I really, you know, I found it very interesting, you know, to, you know, study with them and see their perspective. And I told them I had no um, intentions on, you know, um, changing from Christianity and going into the Mormon faith and, you know, any of that. But I thought it was interesting. Of course, they got a little, you know, they were a little shocked. Cause they, because I guess I, you know, allowed myself to study with them and them to come over and study with me, they thought that they had a new member. Mm-mm. <laughs> and uh, we talked about <sighs> the three different places people, I guess that's my best way of saying it, because it's been so long ago. We're talking 20 years ago. But. And you know they outside of heaven and hell they have a place called celestial, Who? and it's celestial. Some like um purgatory. Um, well, it's it, it, their their way of saying it. Um, their way of describing it because I was like, "Who?" They said, "Well, you know, it's just like he said. You know, it's just like if you're in school. You know, some people pass, some people fail, but you know, some people are just in between. And so, you know, it's a you know, we say celestial, you know, as the spiritual or soul's resting place. And I said, but it still come down to the fact. I said, even if you say they got a C, they still pass. 
So what do you mean? You know, I didn't understand based on how, you know, um, Christianity and talks about heaven and hell. You know, I didn't know what this mid place was that they were talking about. Didn't make sense based on, you know, how I had studied. So, you know, out of the blue, Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.